Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? My name is Quincy. And this is my show, the Talk to Q Radio Show. It's almost like posting a blog, except I'm doing it live.
please search and use hashtag T2Q to read and respond to all show tweets. If you want to learn more about me, the show, or the show legends, then journey on over to TalkToQ.com. And if you can't listen to the entire show live, then you can find T2Q on iTunes and just pick up where you left off. Maintenance complete. All right. T2Q radio show number 528 starts right after these words from my official sponsors, Truth Devour, Digital Soft Keys, and Crisis Intervention. From the Enigma series comes the contemporary romantic trilogy by author Truth Devour. Wanton, the winner of the L.A. Book Festival Romance category, is the first book in the trilogy that will get your heart pumping from the start. This is no ordinary love story. Its depth of range eloquently transitions moods from sexually electrifying to nostalgic to existential. An unforgettable journey which will leave you pleasurably aching for more. If it feels so good loving the wrong person, imagine how wonderful it's going to be when you love the right one. Now is your time. Truth Devour. www.truthdevour.com Did you know that one in four people in America live with a mental illness? Do you have the communication skill to help out if one is in a crisis? What if it's your best friend? Maybe your son or daughter? While crisis intervention isn't new, the book Crisis Intervention 101 is. It's easy to read, includes links to two videos, and it's under $10. Get your copy of Crisis Intervention 101 today on Amazon.com. Because we all need help in a crisis. Digital Software Keys has some of the best prices on the Internet. Get Windows 7, 8, 10, and Microsoft Office products at incredibly low prices. Use the special discount code SALE40 and get $40 off all your orders. Head on over to DigitalSoftwareKeys.com for all of your software needs. That's digitalsoftwarekeys.com. Knots for Change is a humanitarian and animal welfare organization dedicated to support those in need of help. Located in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, our products are trendy rope bracelets with anchor clasps emblazoned with a tag word. The tag word on each bracelet represents a specific cause, which will be matched with a charity. You see, Knots for Change's goal is to build relationships with charities worldwide. The causes we support are animal welfare, education, medical research and prevention, environment, human rights, veterans, world aid and development, mental health and wellness, health and fitness, and child development. You can find us on social media such as Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook by searching Knots for Change. That's K-N-O-T-S, the number four, C-H-A-N-G-E. We'll also be launching our website on September the 10th, knotsforchange.ca. That's K-N-O-T-S-F-O-R-C-H-A-N-G-E dot C-A. 
All right. My thanks to TruthDevour.com, DigitalSoftKeys.com, Crisis Intervention, which can be found on Amazon, and KnotsForChange.ca, and that's K-N-O-T-S, the number four, Change.ca. Thank you for being sponsors of the Talk to Q radio show. No experts, just opinions. All right. Now, tonight's show is focused around the traditions of marriage. You know, should they change or should they we leave well enough alone? Now, we do know in other countries, a lot of times, tradition is just that, tradition. Um, a lot of countries have long-standing traditions for hundreds of years. But here in the United States, I mean, what tradition do we really have that's stuck around? I mean, yeah, we still shoot fireworks in the fourth of July, but fireworks is now more about drinking and barbecue than it is about independence. Um, Christmas is so commercialized. I mean, no one knows what Christmas is for these days. Um, you know, we we you know, Thanksgiving to me is the one tradition that may be intact, but that's just a matter of time now that stores are opening on Thanksgiving. Um, it used to be stores were closed and you waited until Black Friday, and now it's pretty much like Mulatto Thursday. I don't know what you want to call it. Um, <laughs> With people stores opening on Thursday, so you can't even have dinner with your family anymore because they got to go to work. So now here comes marriage. Marriage has evolved a lot over the years, and I don't mean as far as just wedding traditions because I mean you can pretty much do what you want at a wedding, I guess. But um, I mean, yeah, some of that has changed. I mean, it used to be the bride wore white because they were pure, quote unquote. But now you can have six kids by you know six six dudes and still wear a white dress because no one's really going to care. Um, and there are other things that we'll get into tonight. But all in all, you know, my parents were, were born in the 40s, okay? So they were deeply rooted in the old school tradition of marriage. Um, and that means having gender roles, okay? My mom cooked and cleaned. My dad handled vehicle maintenance and yard work. Now, both of them worked full-time jobs. Now, those are the basics and those are the roles that have changed tremendously over the past 50 years. And a lot of times it's been necessary that they change. But what about some of the more subtle things, like should a woman still take her husband's last name? Are prenuptial agreements not just for rich people anymore? And is marriage a business partnership or an experience of love? Those are the things we will get into tonight on the Talk to Q radio show. No experts just opinions. But first, I want to go to the phone to the 732 area code, the Garden State of New Jersey, and welcome on my man Ray, who has chimed in. Ray, what's happening, bro? Hey, what's up, Q? How you doing, mate? I'm doing well, man. How are you? I'm pretty good. All right, cool. Cool. Glad to have you on. I'm going to stay in that same area code, the Garden State of New Jersey, and welcome on another show legend. Miss Amanda. Amanda, how are you doing this evening? I'm good, Hugh. How are you? I am doing well. I always like it when you call it. I get to hear that sound. <laughs> All right, and we'll get right to it. 347-202-0215 is the number on the Talk to Q radio show. And Amanda, ladies, first, do you respect 
the tradition of marriage, and and do you think that it should evolve over time? Um, yes, I definitely respect to the marriage and the tradition of it. Um, I feel like that it does have to evolve as people evolve. Um, there was a time when, you know, the woman uh, had to; she basically wasn't considered an adult uh, or a woman, even. I don't want to say not considered a woman, but she had no rights unless she had a husband. So it's either, you know, you're in your father's house or you're in your husband's house. And things have changed so much where, you know, we're, it's it's not looked at that anymore. It's our house. Mm -hmm. I work, he works. We do things around the house. He helps me with this. I help him with that. I'm not a woman who says, I'm not going to take the garbage out. That's your job because, you know, he has no problem cooking a meal for me, so why should I have a problem? If it's something I can fix, I'm not going to say, oh, well, let me wait till my husband gets home unless it's something that, you know, I, I don't feel comfortable doing or I feel like I could hurt myself, then that's different. But um, I feel like I feel like it has to be based on what you're comfortable with in your relationship. Some people may believe that it should remain strict, um, and if that's the case, hey, that's, that's, that's what works for them, and they need to find somebody that's comfortable with that because if you're a traditional man who will never, ever, ever, ever cook your own meal or clean your own toilet or something like that, then you don't need a woman who's going to be like, hey, you know, can you do this, can you do that? You have to make mm-hmm. sure it's understood that that's what, I, that's what you need her to do. And by the same token, if you're that man, don't be looking stupid when, you know, if you get laid off and she's looking at you like, no, buddy, you you, you got to get out of here and do something. So let cans or something, <laughs> you're not going to be sitting on the couch. So, you know. You you when you when you give it I mean you can't you can't ask for something ridiculous and then expect for it to not um, for you to not have to hold up your your end of the bargain. So I feel like it should change. It should continue to evolve as people evolve. But most importantly, it should it should match the people who are actually in that marriage. So what works for me and my husband mean I work for my neighbors. This is true. I agree with all of that. Good stuff. And on Facebook, Andre Saunders chimed in, and he says that he respects um, it, he respects it it being the tradition of marriage. There have been some changes in the ceremony per se, but the thing itself seems the same in my opinion. Um, Shonda Ward chimed in and said, "I still respect it. I think we've gotten away from the sanctity of the ceremony. Also, there is a lot of misunderstanding, a lot of understanding that people do not have about marriage." I think that they are just infatuated with the wedding day and have no idea what to do the day after. And I agree with that 100%. They don't. Shonda's chiming in from Jackson, Mississippi. Andre's down in Tampa, Florida. Um, Also in Jackson, by way of New Orleans, Lady T chimed in on Twitter and said, I have no choice but to respect it because I believe what the Bible says about it. People should not evolve marriage principles. All right, so let's talk about traditions, Ray. Traditions tend to have staying power in other countries. You know, there are things in China they've been doing for, you know, a thousand years or whatever. But in the U.S., we always kind of change up tradition to try to make it about barbecuing and drinking for the most part. But why do you think here in the U.S. we really don't have the staying power with tradition like they do in other countries? Uh, I think it's basically too much freedom. And people, no matter how much freedom you get, they're always trying to figure out a way to try to get more rights than, than what they already have. Whether it's any group that you want to name, everybody wants more, wants more, wants more. 
And sometimes I think with tradition, particularly the United States, given that it has such a, a painted history, you have to take the good parts out and then take the good parts and leave them in and take the bad parts out. And I think sometimes it's so many people who's thinking so freely and so independently that they're willing to take everything out and just change everything. Why do I have to do this or why do I have to do that? It's different if right. it doesn't make sense. If it doesn't make sense, then you have to make a change. And I think that's part of what they do, but at the same time, you know, some things should be traditional. Okay. I agree with you that some things should stay traditional. And um, Amanda, what do you think about it? Why why do some traditions have more staying power than other countries than in, in the U.S.? Um, well, I, I think it's because the U.S. was founded on uh, I think we we try to be the we try to be the first to do everything. We try to be the leaders of any type of change or any type of movement. We always want to be the first. We want to never be left behind. We're the best. I mean, I've never lived anywhere else. I've never even been outside the country, honestly. So maybe maybe I shouldn't speak on this, but I think the perception is that you know the USA. We think we we really do think that our way is the right way, and so. If one group gets to, you know, talking a little bit, it's kind of like, okay, well, let's listen because we don't want to be perceived as the the country who's, you know, um, who's oppressing their people even though we do it or we have done it in the past uh, with, you know, racism in this country. But I think even a lot of that, it's like once, once, the, fo- once the focus was on the negative things in America, it's like, oh, well, we want to we change that. We don't want to be perceived as, this is what we're doing, that we're this archaic um, uh, society that still does this and still does that. Hey, if this group of people wants to do this, hey, let's let them do this. And I think that that has a lot of, a lot to do with it. Also with uh, what the country was, was founded on as far as the principles, the religious freedoms and the, you know, mm-hmm. just, just trying to break away from the things that held certain people down. So, I think it just has to do with the history, and the more people you bring in, the melting pot that the United States becomes, it's like you can't help but have these different traditions that kind of bleed together. Okay, okay. Very well stated. And back on Twitter, Lady T said, Americans do not place value on anything or anyone, and this country is all about the dollar. But something else she said, which I think is very true, and, Ray, you can follow up on this. She said, furthermore, we are a nation that will create laws and bend them so people can be comfortable instead of upholding values and integrity. What do you think about that, Ray? Yeah, I can agree with that statement. I mean, no law is is concrete. It's always a lot of flexibility. It depends on who you are, where you come from, who you know, and so forth. So, I agree with that statement because, you know, if we had laws that had morals and integrity along with the laws, I think the country would be better. But, Mm -hmm. you know, they can't really do that because it would hold certain people to a certain standard. And 
you know, people have money or they have privilege or whatever the case is, they don't want to be held to no standard. They that they call it freedom, but at the same time, it's a way to bend rules and not follow the morality that they try to put out there, such as politics. Okay. And, uh, all right, let me go to the 248 area code, the Motor City of Detroit, and welcome on author and show legend Crystal Hickerson. Chris, what's happening? Thank you. How are you? Doing well. How are you? Oh, pretty good. Very good. All right, well, let me ask you this, Crystal. Do you consider, and you're the perfect person to ask, because you're up on, like, celebrities, too, but this also applies to real-world people. Do you consider Mm -hmm. marriage a a legal partnership, a couple's experience, you know, in love, or both? I mean, is it like a business partnership, or is it an experience in love? Well, it's both. It's two people... You know, who love each other and decide to spend their life together, and when they do that, they are um, entering into a legal contract regarding their life. So, so it's both. Okay, I mean, do you think it should be looked at that way, where there is emphasis on the, I guess, the business partnership side, or should that not matter in the grand scheme of things? I mean, because does that only apply if you get divorced? No, I think it no, it should always be looked looked upon as a a business contract between two people who love each other. <laughs> I mean because because you're saying I'm going to share my life with you so that my life includes my property, um the things that we accumulate over time, um then uh children and I mean it's a, a lot that goes into it, you know. Mm-hmm. And so and if you have businesses, and um, then it's that as well. So, so yeah, it's, it's, that's why it's, it's a you have that's why it's a legal contract because there are um, business, you know, your business or your whatever is you know enters into the legal stand. So it's not just about getting divorced; it's about you know sharing throughout. Um, you know, if someone dies, you know. Um, your mate dies, then that's how you divvy up, you know, the property that you two have accumulated together. Oh, no, who are you spending um, with if they die? <laughs> or what? I said, who are who you splitting you it with if they die? Who are you splitting that property with? <laughs> Yourself and the children. Okay. Or whoever okay. else they deem, you know, the family. I mean, so I mean, it, it it's not just about the, the whole like I'm I'm getting married in order to you know hold you down to something. I mean, the whole premise I think you know is is about sharing your life, okay, and that is everything. So. And, and that's that's okay. the contract is also about saying you are now a part of my family legally uh-huh. and, and every in every way so um so yeah yeah i think um it, it's definitely both in my opinion i think that 
it only really truly matters if um, there is a divorce or death because if you know if you love each other, you're gonna take care of each other anyway. But uh, yeah, it's definitely both. I definitely think so. So, all right, let me go to the six on one area code, the Magnolia State of Mississippi. And welcome on my boy Eminem calling in. Eminem, what's happening, bro? Hey, what up, Q? What a radio world? Not much, man. Not much. Eminem. Yeah, of course. You know, you all are you all are calling in as if on Q. So this is the perfect question for you. Should a wife assume her husband's name? Should she hyphenate or even keep her maiden name? I mean, is any of that cool? Uh no. Nah, it's only one way to answer that. I mean, she got to fully submit. You know, no hyphenation, none of that shit. You know, she gotta she gotta drop her shit and take on the man stuff. Um, because anything other than that is like a sign of uh, well, you know, it's like well, it's kind of hard to put it in context because you can't quantify love. You know, it's not a question if somebody loves somebody, but it's always almost like, you know, it's like you you have in or something. You know, so um. Uh, even when people look at that kind of shit, with you know, I won't even I won't even use celebrities. I I just use like you know anchors and newscasters and shit like that. It's just like, you know, you see all that hyphenated shit, and sometimes you don't see it at all. And it's like you know, then they say, well, this is my husband. You like, you know, and more traditional people saying like, oh, okay, you still use your maiden name, like so, you know, um, it's one of them things like. It seems as if the person is not fully, uh, not committed as far as, you know, loving and all that shit, but just like fully, just uh, giving themselves as one or whatever. You know, it's almost like, you know, it's almost like that 50-50 stuff. The hell with that, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, that shit, you know, for for. for Thousands of years has been one one sided, so you know why break a perfect formula? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Amanda, let me ask you: Should a wife assume her husband's name, hyphenate, or keep her maiden name? I mean, you think it's cool to do either one? Do you think one should be done over the other, or what? I I seem to to roll pretty much on the traditional side of of uh, the woman taking her husband's last name. That's what I did. It wasn't ever a a question of doing that or anything like that. However, I would say that in certain situations, I feel like hyphenating your last name is not a matter of I'm halfway in. It it really depends on your on where you are in your life. Again, we're going back to the traditions of taking, you know, if my name was Amanda Smith and I became Amanda Jones, okay, that's one thing if I'm just a normal person. But if I was famous, as Amanda Smith, then if I hyphenated, or not even so much famous, but let's just say my business or my reputation or whatever is based on the name Amanda Smith, if I just mm-hmm. totally X that out, they no longer know me as that person. I'm no longer that person. So it can have to do with my brand, my money. And I'll tell you one thing about my husband. He's he's very traditional, but if it had to do with the money, I think he'd be a hurt all right, with me hyphenating my name. If it means that, you know, hey, I'm Dr. 
Amanda Smith Jones, blah, 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 blah. Oh, okay, she mm-hmm. got married. She hyphenated her last name versus mm-hmm. just becoming a totally different person. Then you have to totally rebuild, especially if you move, because that was my situation. I moved from Jackson, Mississippi, all the way to New Jersey. So people here don't know me under my maiden name. People there don't know me under my married name. Mm-hmm. Unless, you know, they, I mean, my closest friends, of course, they know my name now. I'm not saying that. But, I mean, as far right. as, like, if you were to say, hey, you know, you remember Amanda that worked here, blah, 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 they're not going to refer refer to me under my married name. So I think it's important under certain circumstances, especially if you have a brand or some type of business or it affects your livelihood, sometimes you do have to make those sacrifices. And I think any man that is, um, you know, uh, that's sensible can understand that it has nothing to do with, wanting to disrespect you or not wanting to take your name. But, mm-hmm. hey, it's, it's it's all about the money. It's all about, hey, taking care of our household. So if I need to hibernate my name, you should be okay with that. Okay. And um, let me go to Crystal, then I'll come back to Ray. Uh, Crystal, you know, there are some people who feel like um, taking uh, my husband's last name after marriage is a form of ownership. Um, how do you feel about that? Um, no. Um, I agree with what Amanda said. Um, it's not a for- form of ownership. It's something that people traditionally do. And and there's nothing wrong with, you know, hyphenating. If that's something that you, you know, like like she said, for business purposes or, you know, your brand, mm-hmm. um, or if your name is maybe the last, you, you you know, for some reason you want to keep that name, maybe you're the last of that name, right? you know, and you want to still have it a part of who you are, um, you know, like as a female, maybe you're, you know, the last Jones <laughs> in your family because there's no other boys, there's no, so, you know, there you are. So maybe you just want to keep it as an honor. I mean, some people who do that as well, and maybe they put it as their middle name as opposed to hyphenating. So, I mean, but other than that, yeah, I say go ahead. You would take uh, the name of your of your husband. Now, now I know there are some women who do believe it as some sort of um, liberal, you know, thing. Um, I'm taking my name. I mean, but I I don't think that's um, the majority of women don't feel that way. Actually, I think there's just a few who do. Right. All right. Well, let's see. Christina Holden chimed in. Um, Mississippi, she says, I do think you should take the the husband's last name. Um, My girl up in Toronto, date coach Shantae, said, I am still with the traditional one here. I say a wife should assume her husband's last name. It's a beautiful thing. And... Lady T said, going back to biblical principles, if the two are becoming one flesh, then why should I hyphenate or keep using my maiden name? Okay, so everyone seems to be on the same page here. But, Ray, something I heard about recently is um, men hyphenating their name with their wife's name to kind of, I guess, kind of like Crystal said, to give her that identity. So if, you know, if it's Crystal Jones and Ray Smith, then you would change your name to Ray Jones Smith. What do you think about that, Ray? 
Oh man, I ain't never heard of that before tonight. Nah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. There's a football nah, player who did it. I can't think of his name right now. Oh yeah, I mean, people change things into what they want it to be, but. You know, I I always believe that, you know, if you get married or whatever, your wife should assume your last name. Now, if, like I say, you get a woman that's famous, such as Serena Williams or something, and she marries the bus driver, then should she hyphenate her name, in my opinion? If she wanted to do that, yes, she can do that. But she paying the cost to be the boss. You know what I mean? So... You have to respect that, but no, I don't think a guy should hyphenate his name with his wife's maiden name. I mean, when you come together, you're supposed to be a unit, and mm-hmm. as that unit, you know, as tradition goes, you know, the woman takes your name. Now, we can bend rules and change them and make it into whatever people want to do with their relationship. Like you say, nowadays, you can marry your dog, you can marry your cat, you can marry, you know, the plant that's in your living room. But, you know, the way that marriage is supposed to go is I think certain things should stay the way they are. Now, if it if it was pressing circumstance to the situation, like maybe, uh, you know, you be the last person with that name and, you know, and the mother or something, you know, maybe something real sentimental, then maybe I can understand. But other than that, no, shouldn't be that way. Okay. All right, so Eminem, even if it's the last name in her family, I mean, do you take the Yvonne Drago approach? Like, if it dies, he dies, I mean, how do you look at that? Yeah, I mean, and that's where, uh, once again, going back to tra- tradition, that's where, um, you know, a lot of times uh, it was a little more pressure. Well, you know, not in the recent 40 years probably, but it was more pressure for the uh, the offspring that was male to, you know, reproduce and, you know, and uh uh, if possible, you know, try not to have as many kids out of wedlock, and so the kid will have the dude's last name to keep the family line going because the woman was, you know, in a traditional sense, loved, but pretty much was insignificant. It was all about the male. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, so, uh, you know, I know times are changing and stuff, but, uh, you know, a lot of shit now, man, it just, you know, is totally different. Like I say, you have motherfuckers now talking about, you know, they taking on the name of a, their favorite car or whatever and all that kind of shit because, you know, their dad had a 65, you know, Chevy Seville, so they named their shit, you know, they changed their last name to Chevy Seville. I mean, you know, you got all that weird shit out there now, but, you know, for the most part, uh, you know, for anything to work, you know, it's a universal principle. You know, you got to have that, that yin and yang type thing. You know what I'm saying? You got to have the positive and negative, you know, dark light. So you got to have a dominant. You got to have a subordinate. And, you know, a lot of these modern-day hoes trying to be dominant, you know, it's like, you know, two dicks don't mix, you know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> no pun intended to Michael Sam's, you know, but 
You know, it, it fits better when it's the opposite. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, so only you can offend the community on a topic not even about this. <laughs> so you know what I'm saying? So when a, when a woman come with all that extra shit, you know, it's like, okay, if somebody just want to go tit for tat, yeah, you can see those points and all that kind of stuff. But for the most part, you know. If if you're not willing to, uh, to me, if you're not trying to be traditional anyway, it's really no point in doing it. You know, you could just do the common law thing or, you know, just shack up. You ain't got to, you know, deal with all this stuff. You don't have to. But my thing is if you're going to get married, if you're going to get married, well, I mean, you know, uh, it, 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 it's saying that to the for the most part you, you must be, Somewhat traditional. Otherwise, what's the point of even getting married? Other other than just, you know, trying to get a, a meal ticket or something, which is, you know, which is really uh, a good thing. But you don't have to get married to do it if they know how to play their cards right. You know, so uh, uh, I think it's just a sign of the times. I think it's just a sign of the times, and you know, nobody want to play second fiddle to nobody. You know, what I mean, you know, it's right. like. It's not an insult, but it's just like it's just no different on the job. It's like everybody can't be the CEO of the company. Somebody has to be the damn dishwasher. I mean, a restaurant just not work like that. I mean, you somebody got to shovel the shit, so to speak. So, you know, no, damn, no, no. you know, take take, take the <laughs> nigga's last name and be done with it. You know what I'm saying? Don't come with all this bullshit. You know, hell. Yeah. Your your analogies will make not will keep anybody from wanting to get married. If they were a woman. <laughs> Yeah, you're there hollering by your fucking last name, but but ain't nobody gonna say shit when the, when the judge give you half his shit. Hell, you ain't complaining about it then. Mm-mm. Crystal, I'll because let you close out this When a man gives you his last name, basically he done gave you his left ball. So he's no longer whole, he's half. <laughs> Crystal, please take this question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What was the question? I don't know. <laughs> it was uh, about a man hyphenating his name along with his wife. Uh, oh. There's a guy, and I can't think of who he is because there's so many hyphenated names yeah. in the NFL, but there's a player who yeah. assumed his wife's maiden name, and he hyphenated his name as well. Now I was asking, what's your opinion on that? Yeah, I do remember that. Um guy doing that, but um, I don't. I don't agree with that. Um, I don't. You know. I mean, if you know, you wanted to do it, then fine. I know sometimes, um, especially when a woman is um, more famous or infamous or whatever, that a lot of times that the man is already called by her name. <laughs> Just you know, in general, and maybe that's one of the reasons why he did it. I don't know, but. Um, no, I don't agree with that. I think it's ridiculous um, to do that personally. Uh, yeah, I don't agree with that. Uh, okay. Three four seven two zero two zero two one five is the number on the Talk to Q Radio Show. Let me go back to the phones to the eight five zero area code, the Emerald Coastline of Pensacola, Florida. 
and welcome on my man Buck. Buck, what's happening, bro? What up? What up? <laughs> I'm dying over here. Oh, that damn them have me tickled to death over here, man. Uh, yeah, they are. They already talking on Twitter. Uh, yeah. All right, so let's see. Uh, they coach Shantae's cracking up on Eminem saying these modern-day hoes trying to be dominant since she almost spit her water out. Uh, Lady T said, can men please be men? Can they lead, be the head, make decisions, and be planners? All right. But I don't know. I just don't think that's the majority, though. I don't think a lot of women really care these days. They just want someone who's not them, I guess. But... But let's look at it from a business perspective. Let's let's go to that side of marriage. Should prenups be mandatory now? I mean, you know, women come into marriages with just as much, if not more, than men these days. So is it something to think about? I think to a certain extent, possibly. Um, if you would have asked me that seven or eight years ago, I would have said no, it wasn't necessary. But, you know, I think it's just a sign of the times. I mean, those are things that you really have to kind of look at now. Um, because, you know, so so many people are business-oriented, and they're trying, you know, a lot of people now are getting into the business frame of mind later, um, maybe because they were married for 10 or 15 years and got a divorce, and, you know, maybe they lost some things, you know, maybe through the divorce or something like that, and then, you know, they get themselves back up to where they need to be, or maybe in, 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 most, in some cases better than where they were before, and they don't want to lose it again. So, you know, whether it be a man or a woman. So, it, it, you know, from looking at it from that standpoint alone, you know, some people are probably thinking about this, especially depending on what you, you know, what you bring to the table. Um, because not every, you know, not everybody's able, you know. So, you know, if you, you know, you run into somebody and, you, you know, they're working somewhere, you know, part-time or something like that, or, you know, or they're going, you know, everybody in different stages of life. Yeah. And you know you happen to be balling, and that person is not balling. Then you know, in an instance like that, then maybe to a certain extent, yes. Um, but it just depends. It really depends on the situation. You know, you really can't just you know everybody you know everybody these days in time, regardless whether you're rich or poor, are going through something at some point in time. So you know, as long as you have an understanding and you communicate. Shouldn't be no issues, but you do need to kind of protect your assets and things like that too. So just something to just something to think about. Amanda, let me go back to you. What do you think about it? Uh, should prenups be mandatory now? You know, since you know women have a um, a right to protect their interests as well, but um, would it just make things easier given that given the divorce rate these days? I don't think it should be mandatory. I mean, I think if that's if that's what you want to do, if you feel uncomfortable, I mean, anything can happen. I'm not trying to say, like, oh, if you need a prenup, then you shouldn't marry that person. That's the way that I have thought in the past. And, I mean, I, I feel like that anything can happen. And, of course, you can't, you can't be for sure. There's a lot of people who can trick you. And, you know, you'll believe that you're going to be married for 50 years and, you know, you don't make it for five years or don't make it for five months. So, Anything can happen, but I just don't think I don't think it's at the point where that should be a requirement. Um, just in my opinion, I don't think it should be a requirement. No. Okay. 
Uh, Lady T said, prenups are a safe harbor in case it fails. I think having one sets the wrong foundation for a marriage, in my opinion. I do agree with that, that it kind of just starts starts you off on a level of distrust to some people. But, I mean, Ray, maybe it's a situation where it should be necessary. So let me ask you this, Ray. To make it fair, we know prenups a lot of times aren't necessarily fair. But do you think they should come with escalating clauses? Like, for every year you marry to that person, they may get an increase in percentage if there is a divorce. To kind of make it worth, you know, staying in the relationship, I guess, as opposed to just divorcing somebody after a year and still getting half their stuff. No, I think that, um, you know, I think if you don't really trust a person, you shouldn't get married to them. I understand mm-hmm. if you got uh, millions of dollars in interest to protect, it's like um, you may want to get a prenuptial, but at the same time, I don't think that, you know, if you're getting married and it's supposed to be under God, I don't think that he would really appreciate that. But, you know, it's each is on what people want to do. But at the same time, I think that people should spend more time getting to know the person they get married to. Like a lot of situations you see, like, you know, Rick Ross getting married to this chick, yes, yeah, she's fine. But at the same time, you have to think about, you know, what is the situation? Is it all about the money? You know, if I was a guy who had a lot of money and all one one do shop and get pocketbooks and all this and that, I wouldn't marry nobody like that. But uh, people see it different, you know. Amber Rose go from this guy to this guy, that guy, that guy. Once again, yes, you fine, but that, you have to see the pattern, <laughs> you know. Let me let me ask you this though, because well, let me just I just want to throw in my two cents right quick. I I agree with you. I do think some of those guys contribute to that though. They kind of create the monster, so to speak, because they spend money on them left and right. You know, I think some of the guys kind of contribute to that. But I get what you're saying. You have to I mean, recognize it, it, that it, is it, what it is. It, it's just like you know, no matter how much money I I had. My wife wouldn't buy 10 cars. Now, of course, I would, but she wouldn't do it. <laughs> you understand? Now, you say, well, okay, and she'll probably make me take half of those back. But, you know, if I got a school <laughs> call, I'm going to put them in there. But it's it's just a thing, you know. If you find a woman on $10,000 shoes and $50,000 bags, my wife wouldn't be that kind of woman no matter how much money. You you fell into or whatever, so mm-hmm. you have to look at that. And I don't think enough guys do, you know, because well, that that's all it's based on. So, you know, I, I just you know like I do like anybody else. Look at the news, you see guys with these girls and stuff like that. And you say, man, you know, he might as well write the check now because you know sooner or later he's gonna have to write it. And I don't, I don't think, you know, you should get half or nothing. To me, I think it, if a guy is, is wealthy, such as Kobe Bryant, let's leave him as an example with his, with his wife. He's married out of high school or whatever. Okay, I think you should take care or you should support her. But splitting it in half and you taking a hundred and something million dollars and all that, no, get you a house, half a million dollars or so, 
new car, you know, you still don't have to work and so forth, but if he made all the income, it shouldn't go like that. I disagree with that. Okay. All right. And let's see. Crystal, I'll let you follow up, and then we'll take a quick break. What do you think about escalating clauses and prenups, Crystal? Um, to that way, every year you get entitled to a certain percentage, you know, up to a certain, up to half, I guess, when it comes to a relationship. Do you think that would kind of balance things out a little bit? Well, I guess if that's what they want to do, then fine, um, do that. Basically, you have a prenuptial agreement in every marriage. I mean, everyone starts out, I mean, if you don't decide to make any your own basic rules, the rules are already set depending on the state you live in anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for instance, California. California says that you will you split right down the middle. That's the If you don't change that, then that's what it is. So there's already an agreement set. Um, so you just need to, you know, a lot of people may not pay attention to what state they're getting married in and, you know, the laws regarding, you know, divorce and property and things like that, but it's already there. So, um, so you know, I don't see why people want to get surprised when you get divorced because, hello, it's already, you know, it's public knowledge. But um, but as far as, you know, what, however, if you want to, like, if if you want to say, oh, I'm going to split it down the middle and just leave it alone and then just let, let you know, the chips fall where they may. I married this woman or this man or whatever, and we're going to live our life together, and there it is. Um, that's up to you. And if you decide, um, I think it was, I think Michael Jordan was one of the most famous ones to do that. Um, and of course, this was, like, what, his second or third marriage or whatever. Um uh-huh. He decided to do that. I think that's a really good idea, um, especially if you are someone who's coming into a, a relationship um, and it is public knowledge who you are. You know, like you're Mark Zuckerberg and you divorce, he divorced yeah. his current wife, and he decides, I'm going to marry somebody else or whatever. And, you know, I mean, everybody knows who the fuck he is. If you don't, fuck, put in this movie. I'll put in the social network, figure out who he is. You know who he is. So, um, and he's still a relatively young guy. So, so, I mean, so he could say, okay, well, this is what I'm, I want to split. This, this is the money. I mean, it's up to them. And, and having a prenuptial agreement does not necessarily mean that the other person will get nothing and that, you know, you will, will only get this. It's It's supposed to be an agreement between the two of you, but you have to look at it that way. Um, And sometimes you're marrying into a family where their name and money has been accumulating for generations. So, you know, they already know, you know, well, this is what's going to happen and this is what you're going to get. Because if you leave this family, you know, you don't get to carry on half of our money. I mean, that's just not going to happen because this has been accumulating for you. had nothing to do, you know, with you or even probably with your, your little husband you're marrying. It had to do with, you know, something that happened generations ago. So so those things are, um, those things that should already, you should know this is what you're going to come into um, when, you're, when you're marrying certain types of, of people or into someone who who has, you know, quite a bit of money. 
So, yeah, so you should look at it as, because, as again, it is a business partnership. You, I mean, people hate to think about, I love this person so much, and nothing ever will happen. Well, it's not just about divorce. I mean, you can walk out in front of a bus. Then what happens? I mean, you know, I mean, anything could happen. So you have to make those kind of, uh, you have to look at it that way. And if you don't want to look at it, then have your lawyer look at it and just do it quickly and get it over with and then go and be happy in your little wedding and, you know, and, and enjoy that. But take care of that first. So should it be mandatory? No, I don't think it should be mandatory. Um, how? But however you want to do it, I, I did do like that um, way that Michael Jordan did. I thought that was a very smart thing to do, especially for a lot of these athletes. Um, they, I think they should take a page from that because that just, to me, just makes sense to do it that way, you know, because, yeah, you, I mean, you don't know. You hope she loves you or he loves you, but, yeah, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. Who knows? Or, you know, so, yeah, I thought, I thought that was a very good idea. Okay. All right, on Facebook, Andre chimed in from Tampa. Jerry chimed in, and he said, at this point, I do not believe in a prenup, and I replied to him because you're not rich. But, uh Let's see, I was going to take a break, but I'm having some technical difficulties with my switchboard, so we'll just keep it rolling. 347-202-0215 is the number on the Talk to Q radio show. And Amanda, should you wear a wedding ring at all times after your marriage? And if not, when is it okay to take it off? Um, I think it depends on how you're, how you and your spouse feel about that. Uh, it may also depend on your line of work. So there's always exceptions to the rule. When I'm at home, I do not wear my ring. That's one of the first things I do when I get home from work. I take my ring off. Not because I'm not married to my husband anymore or that I don't want to be married or anything like that. I'm doing a lot of things around the house. Last thing I want is for, you know, something to happen in that ring, there to be a scuff, a diamond to pop out, or anything like that. So the first thing I do is make sure it's safe in its box. That's that's what I do. He does. He's not upset about that because every time I leave this house, I have never, ever forgotten that ring or the engagement ring when we were engaged. So when I leave the house, it's on. When I come home, I take it off. And it's like I said, it's just for me personally. I know I'm going to be, you know, messing around with dishes, cleaning, folding clothes, or whatever it may be, and I just don't want anything to happen. So from, for me personally, that's what I like to do. Um, for someone who is in a profession where they're constantly um, handling things. Like I remember my aunt used to work for the um, airlines, and a lot of times she would take her wedding ring off and put it on a necklace because the same thing. She didn't want anything to happen to the ring while mm-hmm. she was, you know, lifting bags and moving stuff around. So a lot of times you have to think about when somebody's doing something and has nothing to do with, you know, them not wanting to be married or, oh, they don't care about their ring. A lot of times they're trying to do whatever they can to protect it. So I think it just really depends on the person. Um, for instance, my husband, he always wears his, but, you know, a lot of times at work he's he's wearing gloves and he'll complain about, oh, the ring is getting scuffed a little bit, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, it, it just really, every everybody's situation is different. And the most important thing is, if your spouse understands where you're coming from, then F what anybody else has to say about it. Okay. That is the main person that you have to please for sure. And so 
Buck, what do you feel about it, man? Should you always wear your wedding ring? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I think it really depends on what you do as far as the uh, profession goes. Everybody's different, you know. There's exceptions like Amanda just said to the rule. But when you're doing, you know, if you do like restoration work like I do, there's sometimes you got to take it off because it's not going to fit under what you're wearing. You know, sometimes it requires you to wear a suit and, and gloves and things of that nature, and it's probably just it's just not feasible because you'll get it caught on metal or wood or something like that, and then you fool around and pull your damn finger off. So in instances like that, you want to put it in a safe place um, just so it won't get damaged. And just, you know, you may end up, you know, doing more more harm to yourself than good in a situation like that. But, you know, um, in majority of the case, majority of the cases, and for me, when I was married, I always had my ring on. Now, did I do damage to it? Yes, I did damage to it because... You know, I'm, I do a lot of physical work, so um, probably should have taken it off in some of those instances. But I'm more aware of it now, even though I'm not married. I still wear rings, but I still don't want to damage them. So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and like that, you want to take them off so that, therefore, you don't, you know, hurt yourself, in the, you know, in addition to hurting the ring. But, um, you know, my ex-wife, she didn't have a problem with that, and she actually took hers off. So when damage, she had a lot of diamonds in hers, and she didn't want to lose it and stuff like that. So, And, uh, you know, situations like that, you want to make sure that, you know, you protect the ring, you protect yourself too. So it just depends on the person. Some, you know, some people are a little bit more anal about it than others, but you know, it's not. it shouldn't be an issue. If you love that person, you know, things like that won't even come up. Okay. All right. And I'm going to try again to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. The novels of Crystal Hickerson, The Magician, the metaphysical action drama about the fight between good and evil which holds the fate of man in the balance. Street Corners, a tragic romantic crime saga of a man who has the hearts of two very different women in his hands. The choice he makes will hurt them both. Wanted. A ghostly story about a woman caught between the planes of life and death. It is left up to the reader to decide which reality was real. The Volunteer. The struggle of a man with his career and his life teetering on thin ice. Can love truly conquer all? And if you think this is the end for Crystal, you would be wrong. For as you listen to this, a new dynamic tale is on the way. Go to crystalhickerson.com to purchase all of her novels. Follow her on social media and listen to her on the radio at thecrystalshow.com. Enter the amazing world at crystalhickerson.com. Hi, this is Aaron Anderson of the Marriage and Family Clinic at RelationshipRx.net. And you're listening to the Talk to You radio show, No Experts, Just Opinions. And um, 
Let's see. I got a caller from the 865, and you're not in the host queue, so hit one when you're ready to chime in. Right back to you, man. Does the man proposing need to evolve? Is it okay for a woman to propose to a man? Um, hmm. I mean, I would think that it more traditional probably would be better, but it's not the worst thing in the world if she did. I mean, but I think being a said women are show their feelings more so than men do. I think that if the if the you don't know exactly what the man is thinking, I don't know if you should propose or not. But, you know, if you're a woman I think that if a guy really is interested in you, he'll let you know. And if he wants to marry you, he'll let you know. So I'm probably going to have to take a no on that one. I don't think a woman should propose. Crystal, what do you think? Do you think a woman should, um, is it okay for a woman to propose to a man? Well, I agree with Ray. I mean, if she wants to do that shit, do that shit, you know. <laughs> but I will hold on, hold on, behind her. I gotta, I gotta what? record the sound, but the sound bite to say you agree with Ray. I'm sorry. <laughs> go ahead. I know, right? Wow. <laughs> but, That's me. But anyway, yeah, I know. But I do agree with him on this because, um, like I said, I'll stand behind her. If she wants to do that, that's great and everything. I would, I, I don't recommend it, but if she wanted to do that, any woman who wants to do that, that's fine. It's great. It's wonderful. Um, you know, girl power and all that. But I wouldn't do it. Absolutely not. I don't even ask guys that on date, much less <laughs> marriage. I'm very traditional when it comes to that, you know. So it has to be the whole nine, um, you know, get on one knee, Mm-hmm. Dinner or dinner, whatever. It has to be the whole down on bending knee. Yeah, that's right. You know, boys to men, everything playing in the background. It has to be all that kind of shit, you know, for me personally. But I'm very traditional when it comes to to all that. But um, I think it's okay if you want to do that. I just don't recommend it because I, I don't know. I just you know this leaves leaves certain things. If a guy wants to marry you, he'll ask you to marry him. I guaranteed. Guaranteed, he will ask you. Um, he's not just, oh, I forgot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get married. Oh yeah. No, he he doesn't want to marry you, okay? Because he will ask you. And um, I think there's a few things in life that men really take um, pleasure in doing romantically. And I think asking a woman to marry him is one of those things that you know he plans out. You know, it may it may take him a minute because he's you know planning this ridiculous thing, but allow him to do that, you know. Um, so you may think he doesn't want to marry you, you know, because it's taking a little long, but he's probably been planning for like six months trying to figure out how to do it, you know. But, sure. um, but no, I don't agree with a woman doing that, but if she wants to, that's fine. Okay. Let me go to the 865 area code, the volunteer state, and welcome on Daddy Rich. What's up, DR? What's going on? Not too much, man. Don't know how long you've been holding, man, but it's like it wasn't showing you in the house queue. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I I forgot to put push one for the queue, man. Okay, okay. No problem. 
Well, let me ask you, uh, how you feel about a woman proposing to a man? Just like taking the trash out, that's a man's job, I feel. And, uh, you know, <laughs> if a woman feels like she needs to do that, then she needs to do that. But I really think that's a man's job, you know. Uh, I think the woman, uh, if she goes back to what we was talking about last time, about us knowing how the woman feels and what they're thinking, trying to guess what they're thinking, you should already know if you're at that point. And you should go ahead and make your move. You know, it's, it's it's been done that way for years. It's just what it is. You know, I know times have changed a little bit, but I still say that's a man's job, like taking out the trash, mowing the grass, you know, fixing fixing the door, things like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, I know there's some people who think it's, you know, just part of the evolution of marriage that, uh, you know, women just start can ask for what they want. And I've seen it done in YouTube videos and things of that nature. But um, me personally, if a woman proposed to me, man, I'd be embarrassed. I really would, especially if it's in public. Because I'm like, come on now, you know, you're going to let me have something. As a man, you want to have something. That's that's one of the few things we got left. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like I, I just feel like a man should propose. So guys out there, if a woman proposes, you say no. Okay. So uh, <laughs> and but let me go back to you, man. Um, what's your opinion on arranged marriages? Now you know in other countries that's a long-standing tradition in certain countries like Africa and India, where they pretty much know who you're going to who they're going to marry by the time they're you know anywhere from 6 to 12 years old sometimes. So do you think that it's okay to have your parents select your significant other? Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. Because, I mean, every, I and the, the reason I think, yeah, the, the, the thing is, is this, you know, as you evolve, as you grow up and, and things of that nature, you go, only you really know what you like. Um one of the main reasons I don't like blind dates or things like that or somebody trying to set me up with somebody because they sometimes people kind of pick somebody that they think you like, but they really don't know what you like. Because just like your hair changes every 10 or 15, you know, every 10 years, you change every 5 to 10 years. So what you like when you were 20 or when you were 18, you damn sure better not like it 30 or 35 or 40 or something like that. So, you know, you'll see, you know, just like go through seasons, you change. So, I mean, and as you, you know, as you mature and as you grow up and things of that nature, you know, you're going to change on what you like. So, you know, you damn sure don't want somebody, you know, I know it's traditional in some, in some countries and things like that, but really and truthfully, they really don't know. I mean, I don't care if they groom these people and train these people to like you. I mean, this ain't coming to America and shit. So, I mean, you know, you got to be able to, uh, you know, I think that should be left up to the, the individual themselves because, I mean, truthfully, they do, they the ones that really know what they like. So, I don't think, regardless of whether it's traditional or not, I don't think you should. Um, somebody else should make that decision for you. I think that's a decision you should make for yourself because only uh, really you know. Ray, what do you and you think? know, you know. <laughs> Ray, what do you think about um, arranged marriages? You think? They're cool, you know. Do you think they get it right? 
I mean, how do you feel? I mean, it's like um, you don't have to worry about going through dating or anything that is already done for you. You got somebody lined up. Yeah, I mean, I see a lot of that, man, you know. Like, I see a lot of these Indian guys around. I call them no game because they didn't have to have no game to get the woman they with. Hmm. But um, hmm. I think that, um, you know, I look at them. Like, I was in the store tonight, and, uh, you know, you see them around, and, you know, they don't seem to have no issues on the surface because, you know, it's all based around family and all that. But at the same time, the woman does not look like she's happy. And to a certain extent, if you ever meet a woman like an Indian woman or something like that that grew up in this country, they have a whole different outlook on things where, you know, they may have dated a black guy or dated this guy or that guy, and it's different. The family don't agree with it. But yeah. it's different. But now, I, me and myself, I wouldn't want to be with somebody who did not have their own opinion or, you know, afraid to speak up or afraid to tell you what's going on or whatever. You know, to me, a, a relationship has to be a partnership. It can't be a dictatorship where, you know, you making all the rules and you saying it's, okay, you might be the head of the household or you might be the man, but at the same time, you can't take the voice away from your woman. You know, they got to be able to have the opinion, tell you what they think, and so forth. These arranged marriages, it seems like, you know, whatever the man likes. You know, if he likes the air conditioning on 70 and you might want it on 80, it's going to be on 70, and you're just going to freeze every night. You know, it just don't make sense. You know, you can't treat people like that, and that's just my opinion on that. Not to say that all arranged marriages treat women bad, but at the same time, mm-hmm. you know, they should be able to have more voice than what they have. Yeah, you're in, I, I get you're what you're saying. You're going to Google. <laughs> but, um... I mean, yeah, some of the women you feel sorry for, they wind up some dude with a unibrow. But um, they coach Shantae chimed in on Twitter. She said, I think it's all right only if that's okay with you, not forced to arrange marriages. It's better to find and fall in love yourself, though. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Man, that would be real. See, I saw this documentary one time, and um, – this lady, this girl was in Africa. I think she was 14 years old. And some 22, 23-year-old guy saw her in town and wanted to marry her. So he hooked her dad up with some cows. I don't remember how many cows it was. Probably like 12 cows. I guess that might be the going rate for a woman over there. I don't know. And so when they interviewed her for the documentary, this girl literally like cried almost every night because she was going to school she wanted to finish school and do something with her life, but she had to drop out of school to marry this guy. And another tradition they had there is that, you know, in certain parts of Africa, I don't know about all parts, and I can't remember what country, um, they like big women. Big women is like, you know, her status over there. And this girl was skinny, so her grandmother 
would feed her some type of concoction of butter and milk or whatever, and she had to drink this stuff and gain weight. So she like she must have gained about seventy or eighty pounds over time. I can't remember. And I mean, when she throw up, her grandmother would beat her um, and everything, and just she sat in the hut and drank milk, buttermilk or whatever, all day, every day for like six months or something. And when they got married, she just looked like she was so sad. And the guy was like, well, she'll grow to love me and all that other stuff. I really felt bad for her because this is someone who wanted to go to school and her life just got thrown away for like 12 cows or something. But that's what they do over there, you know. And when I see something like that, it's like, man, I don't I don't think that's cool. But then you see other situations where you may have an Indian couple who get hooked up and they seem like they function fine. You don't really know what's going on. Um, but there is no way that would work here in, in North America. Absolutely no way you'd be able to tell people, okay, this is who you're marrying at some point in your life. Even if they thought, both, even if both of them were attractive, there's probably going to be something they don't like about the other. And I just think that's way too difficult to happen here. All right. So, um, last one, Crystal, is there any other marriage tradition that I maybe have, didn't think of that you think is played out? Um, I don't know. No, I don't. I mean, I'm not sure everything you mentioned, but I can't think of anything right offhand. I would like to know that documentary, so you should look it up. And, you know, okay, I'll try to see if I can find it. That was like seven or eight years ago, but I'll try to see what I can do. And shoot yeah, it to you. And I mean, nothing about weddings or anything. I mean, is I mean, wedding traditions have changed probably more than anything. Because uh, yeah, yeah, you know, it went from having a wedding in a church in the twenties to now go to Vegas and do it through a drive-through. <laughs> that sounds like a fun weekend. Um, no, hmm. I mean, I think that well, well, you it's Vegas. Okay, anything can happen. That's the beauty. Beauty of it. But I think um, as far as, you know, marriage and what, I'm pretty, you know, on the traditional side of all of that. Um, And so I really don't see anything being played out per se. I mean, anything when it comes to um, the idea of ownership, because a lot of times that was the the, um, idea for women that we were just property, um, a means to an end um, kind of a thing, to have children, um, you know, to have a family and all that kind of stuff. And it had nothing to do with us, particularly, I mean, as a, as a person. Uh, we were literally property. And in some countries, it's, that's still the situation. And, right. Um, because it's part of their culture. It's part of who they, you know, just, it's just ingrained in their in their culture. Um, and maybe in different, even with the arranged marriages, there may be different practices um, of how that actually comes about. So the arranged marriages may not have happened where you could just, in some countries maybe you can't just walk up and say, okay, I want your daughter. Um, mm-hmm. But it's more of an idea that once you hit a certain age, you will be getting married to somebody, so you need to choose, figure that shit out, and then right. you know you get ma- you because get married to them, and then maybe, 
Well, it may be also, I think, um, and I'm not sure with all in, in Indian uh, traditions, but I think a lot of, I mean, even in China, um, it's not so much that you just marry this person. It's You probably have been dating this person for a while, mm-hmm. or you kind of knew who who they were, and you you know you probably knew that eventually we'll get married, even though you go to America and you you know you sell your wallets or something, and you go to college and you do that for a while and you screw as many people as you possibly can because you know eventually you're gonna have to go back and you have to marry this chick, you know, um, and you may love her and she may love you because you know eventually you're gonna get married because that's part of your tradition, um, so it may not be so harsh as you know, that kind of a thing, the whole cows and everything. But um, so it's, you know, I mean, in a way that's kind of safer in a way. I mean, you kind of feel, well, okay, I will be getting married, so I don't have to worry about that. You know, you don't worry about that. This is what you do. Um, and then there's not a lot of people who would who go against that because it's like going against your whole life or your whole way of thinking. Uh, and... And maybe even in Africa, when you were talking about that, I mean, maybe a lot of them, did. they just know this is what they're going to do. But for her, she didn't want that. I mean, you know, she, maybe she was introduced to another type of lifestyle, and she figured, I want to be something else. I mean, hell, she was only 14, but that's kind of crazy. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, on the one hand, I get, when I look at arranged marriages, sometimes you can say, well, at least it's done. You don't have to worry about it. But on the other hand, you don't get that whole, um, you may not get that whole idea of falling in love and, and you know, having your heart broken and then finding someone new. You know, that whole process of knowing who you really are before you settle down with somebody. Okay. All right. Well, um Anyone else think that um, it was something that may have been left out in this discussion that has evolved or doesn't need to evolve? Or Okay. All right. Well, well I just think that um, to me, you know, marriage is important, and I believe in the tradition of marriage. And I, I think, you know, there's going to be evolution at times with some things. You know, and there are going to be some things that change over the years. But uh, I just don't like to see it be taken so far, you know. But it's to each their own. Now, if it's something that makes you and your significant other happy, then, you know, who am I to judge? I'm not paying your bills. You do what you want. If a man wants to hyphenate his name or take his wife's name, he can do that. I remember my father telling me a story years ago when I was a kid about how some man took his wife's name because his last name was Pig, and she did not want to be referred to as Mrs. Pig. So, <laughs> I mean, so whatever your reason may be, um, it's on you to do whatever you wish to do. You know, it's kind of your decision. Uh, but, I mean, personally, I just think that, you know, a man should propose, a woman should take the man's last name. I don't have a problem with the hyphenation. Um and and just just other aspects of it to where it should be something that is an experience between two people who love each other that ultimately you know will become business if, if one were to pass away. But I don't think it should be based on a business agreement from the beginning. All right, 
347-202-0215 is the number on the Talk to Q Radio show. Um, on tomorrow's show, How to Spot a Liar. My show legends and I will mix it up and discuss what techniques you can use to pick out lies from the truth. And you will also learn how to trust your head instead of your heart a little more. Tomorrow at 10 p.m. Eastern on the Top Q Radio Show. No experts, just opinions. Um, brought to you by TruthDevour.com, DigitalSoftwareKeys.com, NotsForChange.ca, and Crisis Intervention Book on Amazon, and CrystalHickerson.com. All right, a lot of sponsors. I love it. Um, I know y'all are thinking, like, yeah, what in the world can you teach us about picking out a liar? Well, you'll see. We're making all kinds of little statements for upcoming shows as of, like, how-tos and all that stuff. Um, After 62 years of naked women inside of the magazine, starting March 2016, Playboy magazine will no longer publish new photographs of women. And I know that, like, breaks the hearts of all of my male listeners out there and some females, too, probably. But the magazine will still feature women in provocative poses. But um, in February, when they released the March issue, they're no longer going to have new photos. Uh, And it's just kind of evolving. Uh, You know, Playboy, I guess, is trying to be more about maybe the content as much as it is about the women. Because right now, I mean, porn is so popular on the web where you can click twice and see a naked woman that it's not that big of a deal to buy a magazine anymore. And you're talking about a magazine that sold over 5 million copies in 1975, and right now they're around 800,000 a year. So that's a huge drop-off. But if you want to comment on that with your final thoughts, you can. But... um you can talk about the traditions of marriage. You can talk about Playboy magazine, whatever it is on your final thoughts. And Dr., I'll start with you, man. Man, good show as usual, man. And uh, on the final thoughts, you're talking about uh, people already having their significant other pick. Man, everybody was saying everything, but Eddie Murphy said it best: "Gunny Goo Goo." That's exactly what you're going to get. <laughs> you got you got you got to be careful with that, man. Especially coming from overseas, man. They get over here and they they start learning and they start asking you, Eddie, why you not treat me like she treat he treat her? You know, then you, <laughs> you get all that. Like you got trouble. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, but, but good show, man. I, yeah, yeah. I come in late, man, but. How's everybody doing? <laughs> We're all right. Man, you can hang on for some jump zone coverage, man. We got a lot of sports to talk. You know All it. right. I appreciate it. And, but what say you find, sir? Great show as always. Talk about weddings. I got on a little okay. bit late, but when it comes to when it comes to weddings and proposing and things like that, it's all it's all to me it's traditional. Um, I don't think, you know, I know weddings have evolved throughout the years, but I think, you know, I don't think it, they need to change, you know, to a certain extent. I think, you know, from a wedding standpoint or, you know, from a traditional standpoint, really, I think things need to kind of, you know, there's not too much that, you know, is staying around. 
But when it comes to marriage, I think that what, you know, some of those things need to, some of those values and things that, you know, have been passed down through through tradition don't need to change much. Um, I think they need to kind of stay the same because, I mean, something's got to, I mean, there's some things that just need to stay in place. Um, I don't think women should be even thinking about asking a man, to, you know, proposing to a man. That's a, you know, man's supposed to do that. Um, you know, we already have dumbed down the, the society enough. We don't need to do it any further. I mean, I think we need to start looking at some of, at some of the values that, Passed down. We need, you know, if then we're not doing those things, we need to kind of bring them back because we've gone to the point now where, you know, we, there there are no values, there are no morals, and we need to kind of get back to some of those, some of those things. I mean, back in the day, I mean, you know, I love it when I see, you know, married couples being married for seventy and eighty years. You don't see that hardly anymore because most of them don't last five. So it's always good to hear, you know, somebody, you know, says announce on the radio or something that somebody's been married, you know, over 50 or 60 years. It's pretty cool. So, you know, and then, you know, it's not like their marriage didn't have any ups and downs. Mm-hmm. It's just the fact that it matters, you know, that, you know, you're supposed, you know, until death do you part, through sickness and in health, you know. And, you know, Whatever the you know whatever the case may be, it's not like these things that are going on in marriages now didn't happen then. It's just people got short fuses, and they don't communicate to one another. And you know, regardless of the problems, they just don't handle it well. And you know, when you start handling things together as a unit, like you're supposed to, as one, you'd be married a whole lot longer, regardless of what happens. So you know, some of those traditions, you know, when it comes to marriage and those type of things, when you get married, you need to. You know, pick the right person. You know, you know who you like, and you know, all you know when it comes down to prenups and all this other stuff, all that's not going. You know, that's water on the bridge. When you have to worry about it, if you pick the right person, you know, you got to do a prenup. Then there's something wrong with that person on the front end, and you don't need to be fucking with them in the first place. Common sense got to have play a role somewhere into that. But other than that, uh, you know. As far as Playboy goes, they got to change with the times. Um, and, you know, I, I think Playboy has done a great job over the years of, you know, uh, you know, doing their best trying to, you know, not to, you know, put women in a, women in a negative light, even though, you know, they're new. They've always been really classy when it comes to that. Um, and this is just another part of their evolution. You know, they, you know, they have to change with the times. Because it's so much porn out there where it's commonplace now, so mm-hmm. you know they got to change, just you know, so they can, you know, so they can keep doing what they've been, you know, keep keep you know staying relevant. So you know, I think that's the reason why they're making those changes. But other than that, great show. Going to stay on for a little bit of zone coverage, and everybody that's not staying on, have a great night. The ones staying on, let's do it. Thank you, sir. Crystal. All right. Um, well, I guess I said what I had to say about marriage. Um, again, very traditional. I like to keep things uh, the way they are, basically. But for people who are going to get married, and it is a business contract. You should never lose sight of that part of it because that's what it is. And so you should think about it that way. Um, 
at least for a few hours while you you plan your marriage or you know you get, before you get married, think about all those legal things because that's what you're doing, and then you can you know continue on without worrying about it or something because um it's gonna come around at some point whether you're getting divorced or not it's still there'll still be issues that could arise, and if you decide not to get married and just you know kind of coexist together. Um, there will probably be some legal issues that will happen there if you stay together long enough, um, especially if there's, you know, health situations that come up, um, you know, where you stay together. I mean, all those kinds of things do come up, and it makes it a lot easier if you're already married because it's, you know, pretty much divvied up in, as far as custody and all those kinds of things. So no matter what you do, if you enter into a relationship long term with someone, you know, there's going to be legal issues and and you can always just go down to the Justice of Peace, you know, and sign paperwork. You don't have to get this whole big marriage thing as far as a wedding. Mm-hmm. People get that confused. Uh, you can do that just on your lunch break if you wanted to and just go really sign the papers it. and boom. You're done and then that's the end of it and no one has to know the wiser and you know when things come up, you're like, Oh yeah, we yeah, we're we're married, we have the paperwork, I mean, you know. So and what's that piece of paper? The piece of paper does mean a lot. Uh it's not just about morals and traditions, it is about the business side of, of your life and relationships. So I mean that's it is important, you know. So it should be thought about very seriously. Um as far as Playboy, Playboy has always had that um, side of it where they did have really good articles <laughs> in, in in Playboy. Um, yeah. Uh, good interviews uh, with you know famous people and things like that, um, and, and and articles for men. But you know, I think they did the the women very classy. And Playboy wasn't like Penthouse or Hustler. Was <laughs> like you know raunchy right. shit. So they they tried to make it as you know as stately for men or whatever as possible. But yeah, now the times have changed. They do, I'm sure, want to move into a different path where, where there could be men who's like, well, I don't want to buy Playboy. I don't want to have Playboy sitting on my coffee table or whatever, or you know, in my room. You want I want I don't want that to be something. Um, that I have it's under my bed or whatever in the closet. Mm-hmm. So so they you're sure they want to change so it can be traditionally what it is but also you know something that you know men wouldn't mind buying and purchasing. Yeah. Compete with Maxim with Maxim magazine and they've changed the Playboy <laughs> app to where the app is a lot um they say it's a lot work a lot more work friendly now where you can read that work and not have, you know, like a titty pop on the in your phone where people are looking over your shoulder. So yeah, you're right. They're kinda right. just modernizing. So so, you know, good for them. And plus, you know, there's only one Hugh Hefner and he's almost gone now. So that time is definitely past. <laughs> and, you know, that could be a good thing or a bad thing, but it's you know it is what it is. So it's not yeah, a weekend at Bernie's. For even thinking it. about that. <laughs> so um, but anyway, good show, and um, look forward to the next one. 
Thank you very much, Crystal. Amanda? Mm-hmm. Great show. Um, I Pretty much everything Crystal said is um, how I feel about every every topic that we had. Um, one thing I will say, Q, is when you mentioned about the uh, the lady that had to gain weight um, mm-hmm. in Africa, I, I remember seeing that, and I can't remember if it was like um, something that Oprah had, if it was like a if it was a separate documentary or if it was something like 2020. But mm-hmm. I remember I, I remember seeing that also um, and her having to gain weight or whatever, But so I remember that. But um, okay. regarding traditional marriage, I think, that, I think that for the most part I consider myself to be a traditional person. But with, like I said, with some exceptions, I feel like a lot of times you can be so rigid in the rules that there are reasons why people want to do things a certain way. Like you said about um, maybe if someone has a less than desirable last name and they want to um, change it to whatever, you know. Uh, there are some people, I think I've seen it, where people just they just completely change it to a different last name. You know, they didn't even take each other's last name. They just mutually got a brand new last name. I've heard of that happen really? before. Yeah, so, you know, it's... It, at the end of the day, it's it's between those two people, and it's what ha- it's That's what crazy. works for your for your marriage. You know, it's hey. It's like yep. our right, last name is going to be the Sledgehammers. Yep. Quincy and I, Amanda Sledgehammer. I mean, that's crazy. But you know, um, so with that, I I just think it's about what works for you. You know, it's it's all about your household and your happiness because a lot of times we can be so quick to judge on what works for us and it it just wouldn't necessarily work for somebody else. Another thing is a lot of times with when it comes to last names, we're talking about American standards. It's not necessarily whether you take your husband's last name or not. Um it that's that's certain certain countries do that, certain countries don't do that. There are even countries where your children can have a different last name. Technically, uh, the spelling can be different if you had a male child versus a female child, you know, because the female's last name has the N and an A. You know, just it's so many different things you don't know about because we're we're going off of our standards. So, you know, you always have to be mindful that other countries do things differently and, there are there may be reasons why somebody has a different last name from somebody else. So just throwing that out there. Um, regarding Playboy magazine, I think that pretty much what everybody else has said, they had to change with the times. Um, you can see um, body, female body parts, male body parts, whatever, on the Internet, just you just not even by looking. I can't tell you the, the number of times I was, looking for something, and I'm like, is that a, is like, is that a naked person on this picture that I'm, I'm not, I'm not even looking for that, you know, I, right. I can't remember what I was looking for, and I'm, like, in the Google images, I'm like, okay, this is random, so I think it, at this point, it's just, it's, 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 it's that we're so used to it, and I think that Playboy just decided, hey, let's, let's take a classier approach, so, you know, I commend them for that, and I think that 
they'll possibly gain more um, subscribers just based on making those changes. So um, great show, great topics tonight, and I really enjoyed everybody and hope everybody has a great evening. Thank you very much, ma'am. I appreciate it. And uh, I think the most recent documentary I didn't see, but I saw advertisement for um, as far as the fattening of the wives in Africa was on the show called Vice. It comes on HBO. Um, I think that's where I saw most recently because they talked about the women there drinking like camel milk and blood and cereal milk, and it was kind of out there based on American standards. But uh, I'm going to continue to look for that clip. And Ray, shut it down for me, man. Yeah, it was an interesting show tonight. I mean, um, you know, marriage is something that really should be talked about and discussed. You know, and just to figure out what other people are thinking and what they think of marriage. I mean, marriage is um, a commitment. You know, it's work. It's um, two people coming together. Now, a lot of people don't look at it that way. It's kind of like nowadays you see people getting married like a extended high school prom. You know, they get dressed up, all their friends are there. You know, the guy that they're kicking it with, their boyfriend, they're getting booed up, so to speak. But they're not really thinking about when you take those clothes off, what comes with that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's one of these things that I think tradition should stay tradition for certain things. I mean, you can freestyle on certain things, you know, like how you want to raise your kids and stuff like that to a certain extent. Because I think every generation, they change something. You know, like parents now, you may believe in beating, but you're not going to just straight knock your kid out like they were 50 years ago. You know, so it's kind of like, you know, it evolves. But at the same time, you've got to have some core values because it did work for many years for the older couples. But always just think that, you know, everybody has to be able to listen, you know, where, you know, you have some guys say, oh, it's just, uh, you know, a man has to do this, a man has to do that. Yeah, that's true to a certain extent. But if your lady comes to you and tells you that she's interested in doing that, you should have enough common sense to listen. You know, not, well, long as, like, with my wife, you do anything you want as long as it's not dangerous. Now, I think you're going to hurt yourself or whatever I prevent you from doing it to the best of my ability. But anything else you want to do, you know, take a shot at it. But, um, you know, that's why I say, you know, a lot of days I might be tired and I want to put my shoes on or whatever. You want to take that garbage out? God bless you. Go ahead. You know what I mean? But the next day, you know, I may get the garbage. I may, you know, without them the rug or whatever. It's, it's partnership. And I think people got to look at it that way, not necessarily like, you know, certain things that you just cannot do. No, nah, I think them days are gone. And... You know, a lot of guys want to lead, but you have to be a lead tour. You know, no woman should follow a fool. You know, the fool ain't going to do nothing but lead you 
into foolery. So, you know, if you're doing the right thing and you make good decisions and one woman follow you, then that's cool. But just because you male thinking that a woman should follow you, to me, that's ridiculous. But, you know, um, as far as Playboy go, you know, I, I kind of kind of dig what Playboy stood for, you know, the bunnies and the Playboy mansion and all that. And, you know, they don't necessarily have to put the clothes on the women, but, you know, nowadays if you want to keep it classy or whatever, I always thought they were classy. I never thought they were like a porn site where people just banging each other and all that type of stuff. They always, yeah. you know, kept the women looking classy. So if they want to change, then, hey, more power to them. I mean, I always knew what they was about. You know, I never really bought the magazines or nothing like that, but they were always the name in the nudity. So, you know, as times change, companies change, so it's cool. But I look forward to the next one. Hope everybody has a good night. And now I guess it's time for some football. All right. I appreciate it, man. And I appreciate all of you contributing to tonight's show. Great job for those of you on Facebook and Twitter. Y'all were very active tonight. I appreciate that. And the Talk to Q radio show can be heard every Tuesday and Wednesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Um, you can always go to the uh, TalkToQ.com website to get more information on upcoming shows and events. My thanks to TruthDevour.com. Digital, digital software, keys.com, knotsforchange.ca, crystalhickerson.com, the crisis intervention book, crisis intervention one-on-one. You can get that on Amazon. And um, thanks to all of you for listening. You can find me on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, the Good Radio Network, and coming soon, hopefully on Unapologetic Radio as well. So just Google T2Q when all else fails. But right now, um, we're going to take a break before we get into zone coverage and listen to some new music by uh, Sorantos Melosia. And this is definitely my favorite of the songs that he's played on here before. I really like the the feel for this song. I like the pop rock style to it. Um, And over the next few weeks, you're going to hear songs on the show have quite a few musical sponsors that I'll be debuting um, here on the Talk to Q radio show over the next few weeks. So get ready for that, especially um, one I'm really excited about. It's a young guy by the name of, uh, oh, what's his name? Steve Ryan. Steve Ryan has a, a song called Real Time. I am really digging that. I'm really digging it. So um, you'll hear him next week. But this week, I have Sorrento's Melosia. The song is called You Just Don't Have It. All right? Check out the lyrics. It's a pretty good song. And I'll talk to you on the other side. We'll get into some zone coverage. Mm-hmm. 
You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Be a dog. We don't need no cows. We don't need no cats. We need more dogs. But we talking about practice, man. What are we talking about? Practice? Sorrentos Malosia. You can check him out at dot com. Check out all of his music there. Catch him on Twitter at Sorrentos Malosia as well. Time to talk a little sports, mainly the NFL. We'd like to hit everything sideline to sideline, end zone to end zone, as zone, zone coverage returns to T2Q. And so a lot to hit on. I wanted to finish the main topic a lot sooner than I did, but we're going to go ahead and make it do what it do and get into – I'm getting a lot of feedback from you, Buck, and get into what's happening um, in the NFL. And I guess before we start with the NFL, fellas, I, I want to start with boxing first. Uh, you know, we're all some boxing fans here. And, you know, this weekend, Daniel Lemieux takes on, David Lemieux takes on Gennady Golovkin, Triple G. And it looks to be an exciting fight, you know, when you look at it on paper. But I don't know if Lemieux has the power to put up with Golovkin. But um, a lot of people think Golovkin is overrated. But, Ray, I mean, how do you think of, how do you think of this fight, man? I, I kind of look forward to seeing it. I'm not going to be able to see it live, but I look forward to seeing it whenever I can. Oh, yeah, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to this one, man. I mean, um, these are the news, the 34-2 with 31 knockout. Columbia mm-hmm. is um, 33-0 and 0 with, I think, 30 knockouts. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I, think, I think Triple G is the best out there right now. And I like his fighting style. If you haven't seen him fight, I mean, something is definitely going to get and He's excited. Fight, you know, I believe it's what forty nine ninety five or fifty nine ninety five in high definition. Yeah. And, you know, it's price right. You know, like I say, the fuckery is over now. Hmm. We're gonna see fights. We're gonna see live action. And you're gonna see guys taking on the best opponents available, not you know picking and choosing and. You know, all that nonsense. This guy is all about business. And like I say, man, I, I, I really, really high on him. I, I want to see him do well. And I, I think he will, you know. Hopefully he'll move forward and take on the Canelo and Cotto winner and, yeah. you know, get boxing back to where it needs to be. Man, it all be nice. on, on Saturday. You know, I think everybody needs to tune into the fight. I think they got a pretty good, pretty, pretty good undercard. So, you know, it's it's gonna be interesting. And okay. Yeah, I'm gonna try to watch it. Like I said, I know I can't see it live, but I'm gonna, at least I don't think I can. 
because I'll be away from home, but I'm going to try to find somewhere maybe they're showing it and see if I can peek at it. But uh, D.R. or Buck, y'all have any comments on the fight? Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is something, you know, now that, um, you know, the the clown has left the building, I think now we're going to start seeing, you know, people that, you know, earn earn fights, you know, fight the, fight the people that are supposed to be fighting, you know, not dodging fighters or fighting them after they've gotten out of their prime. I think mm-hmm. now, you know, with boxing being on regular TV as well, with uh, premier boxing champions, I think now we're going to start seeing a more traditional, you know, where we're getting back to basics boxing. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to the fight. Um so I, I think now, you know, we're going to start seeing people. You know, I think boxing is going to get, you know, start getting some of its notoriety back to where it used to be because, I mean, when, you know, I know everybody has their own their own say as far as Mayweather goes, but, you know, really and truthfully, he's he's brought down boxing to a, to a new low, in my opinion. And, uh, I mean, yes, he fought some fighters, but most of the fights that he fought, you know, were people past their prime or people he was, you know, he knew he could beat. And you know you want to see fighters, the great fighters of all time. They fought. They fought who they were supposed to fight. Win. Fight. Fought who they were supposed to fight. Win, lose, or draw. And that's what you know. Me as being you know a boxing fan, that's what I like, and that's what I want to see. I don't give a damn about whether you're undefeated or not. But if you go in there and you fight the best, you know if you win, great. You lose, okay. You lose. So. That's what you know. With this fight coming up this weekend, I think we're gonna, you know, starting with this fight and the undercards of this fight, I think we're gonna get back to a more of a traditional style of boxing, and I think people are gonna appreciate it more, and they'll be willing to pay the money that you know because they're gonna see something. They're not gonna see somebody entertaining. They're gonna see somebody boxing. Okay. And um, like I said, I definitely look forward to it, and we'll see what else happens with boxing. Uh, Pacquiao says he's coming back next year. I don't care. Um. <laughs> all right, and let's move on. Let's talk talk some football and try to get some things in order here. The Texans missed an opportunity to um, have a tie for first place in the AFC South when they lost to the Colts, twenty-seven to twenty. Matt Hasselbeck looked like he he's very comfortable being back there as a backup. One of maybe two backups who look like he can come in and sling that thing around when he wants to. Uh, Daddy Rich, the, the Texans are in trouble, man. Not just because they're one in four, also because they sound like they have no direction. Man, man, man. They got problems, man. They got problems. The Texans do. Uh, I don't know. The defense is. Look like it, you know what? I don't know, man. I really don't. I I don't know what to say about them, man. They he's just, doing his thing. He's doing his, but everybody else, man. <laughs> it's just like, man. If I, it's like he's probably sitting there looking at them, like, man, come on now, we, you know, uh, you right. know, Ryan Mallett, he's arguing with uh, the coaches about because he got hurt. Now, dude comes in and takes his spot. It has to be hard to take, though, you know. Yeah. But, you know, and, and the way they're switching, Kerr said, oh, well, I'm, I'm going to start Hoyer now. But, Damn, you had Mallett in last week. Now, what kind right. of confidence are you giving either of these guys, you know? And uh, so, really, what you got to look at is it stems, this the root root of the, the, the problem could be the coach, you know. Uh, 
this this quarterback thing, I mean, the way he did Mallet, that was just – I don't know, but you can't stop a guy if he's in there doing his thing, man. You you, you don't want to stop that. You don't want to put – go back to the same shit that you was doing before, you know, three and out and maybe get a first down one. This guy's moving the damn ball, you know. Just sit down and shut up for a minute. When he cools down, if he cools down, we'll put your ass back in. But if not, dog, he's going to clean the game up for you. You know, mm-hmm. we'll catch you next next game or whatever. But I think that that's a part of it. It's probably the psyche of the players because the coach is not stable. He know he knows he's up. He's got pressure coming from college. Uh, you know, he, he what is he in his second year now? Um, I think he's in his second year. I think he is. Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, I I kind of think that he he's feeling the pressure. So he basically he's going. Uh, haywire in his mind. He don't know what the hell to do. He, you know, he's like, shit, I've tried every damn thing. You know, he don't know what to do. It's time to follow back to coach. I mean, the college or something. But, mm-hmm. you know, the other, they've got problems. They probably need to go ahead and look look somewhere to do something. I don't know. But, hey, Butch Jones did his thing this weekend now. Let's not okay. get them balls now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. AD it. AD it. And, all right, so, yeah, like I said, the Texans are in trouble. They got to figure some things out and get it situated. Now, Buffalo pulled off a 14-13 victory over the Titans, um, but they have lost Tyrod Taylor for a little bit. I think he tweaked the ankle or did something, so they got E.J. Manuel slated to start next week. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, I mean, he had 109 yards, a touchdown, and he rushed for 76 and a touchdown. So not overwhelming numbers, but he did what he had to do to win. And Buffalo's three and two, and the Titans are one and three. Uh, but a game that kind of surprised me, and I watched the fourth quarter of this. The Redskins are competitive, but they were very close to upending the Falcons in Atlanta. But the Falcons held on in overtime, twenty-five to nineteen. But what has gotten into the Redskins, man? Is it is it is it really Kirk Cousins, or is it the fact that? Now that they settled on the quarterback, they can kind of move forward. I think they settled on the quarterback and they can move forward. But I think it's a it's a combination of things. Um, the team believe. I mean, sometimes a quarterback can lose the locker room. Uh, you know, the players lose confidence in them um, because maybe the quarterback's trying to do too much. Um, and then you know, and I've said this several times about RG three. You know, RG three is an arrogant son of a bitch. You know, he thinks he's the best in the league, which all quarterbacks think they're the best in the league. Don't get me wrong. I mean, any any quarterback that's a, you know, quarterback in the league think they're the best. And you should think you're the best. However, if you don't study your craft, and I've said that several times, you're not going to be successful. And, you know, cut, cut, you know, RG3 should have known he was on on watch the minute he got drafted because he was drafted in the first round, and I think Cousins was drafted in the third or fourth round. So, doing the same draft. So, you know, he had a short leash to begin with. So, you know, if it, if it would have been me, you know, I'd have been studying my craft to make sure this joker don't take my job. And, you know, RG3 thought, you know, just by going on, you know, athleticism alone, he thought he could do that without studying his craft, you know, during the off season. And that's the reason why, I, you know, Kirk Cousins is like, fuck it, I'm going to do what I got to do to try to win the job. And that's what he's done. Um now, there's been some other things that kind of played into that that kind of messed up RG3 too, but 
for the most part, you know, you can't let somebody else dictate how you, you know, how the outcome of your career goes. And so far, you know, RG3 has let that happen. You know, some of it of his own doing. But the team believes in, you know, Kirk Cousins. They're competitive. They're, you know, they're rallying around him. And, you know, he's playing to his strengths. And as a result, the Redskins are not a pushover team. Their record may not, you know, their record may not, impl- you know, really say that. But you can't ru- you can't run up in there and, and think you're just gonna have an easy win with the Redskins. The, the players are playing. The defense is a little bit better. Um, the people that they got plugging in in, pl- in places that you know they have injured players, they're coming in. They're stepping up. You know, next man up type of mentality. And the Redskins are formidable. So. It's going to be a team you're going to have to really watch. You know, you just can't march up in there and, and march up in there and just take them out. Okay, okay. All right. And um, just a side note, man, something that I just came across, even though I think it happened a few hours ago, uh, Lamar Odom was found unconscious at a Las Vegas brothel and taken to a hospital. Um they said that he seemed like he was in a somber mood, and you know this guy's really struggled with drugs, man. And um, they said he was taking a lot of herbal Viagra, but they didn't see any illegal drugs. But you know Viagra can mess with your heart, your heart, <laughs> heart rate too. Whoops. Um, man, this dude, man, I, this is this is this is a sad case, man. This is not going to end well if somebody don't do something, man. Because this dude, he played with the Clippers. He got into trouble to the point that they got rid of him. And he went to Miami and I to get a fresh start. And as far as I know, he seemed like he did all right at Miami. I never did hear about him getting into trouble. And then he came back with the Lakers, and next thing you know, he married a Kardashian, and everything just kind of went down the tube. But, um, yeah, so, man, I, I hope this dude can turn it around before it's too late, man, because this sounds like another tragedy. Waiting to happen in the sports yeah, world. He lost a kid too, though. Huh? He lost a kid a long time ago. I think it was. I mean, it can uh, be anything. That might have been how he got on the drugs. You know, I, I'm not sure. But yes, he's been wrapped too tight ever since he was playing basketball in college. I mean, when he first got to the Clippers. How the hell are you going to be making millions of dollars and don't have a car? You walking around. That's, that says something about you right there. You know. Yeah, you can have a car for the first few years. That you I don't understand that. And, you know, I mean, I, I, I feel for anybody that, that, that's, you know, having issues, but at the same time, for a guy to make $70, $80, 90000000 million in your career, and, you know, Kardashian just blowing up on everything, and you had the woman eating out the palm of your hand, and you just, that was just too much like, right, you had to do something to mess it up. And, you know, what you look like making that kind of money with a crack pipe in your pocket. You know, it just don't make sense. And crack I mean, pipe's in his mouth you, and ain't in his pocket. It's not... <laughs> This is no no disrespect to him or none of that, but at the same time, truth is truth. It's hard out here, people. You know, just trying to make me, man. You be calling me, you know. Yeah, millions of dollars. 
Right. So, you know, I just hope he's able to get man. Great. If there's anybody in his family that loves him, man, they need to tackle that dude and take him to a real rehab, not no little rehab in California where they be chilling, drinking Mai Tais. He needs to go somewhere where he's strapped down or something, man, because that dude he is going to kill himself. Yeah. Where somebody tighten up these fists and try to knock his brains out. When he get up on the floor, he be going to church and everything. Because <laughs> he's yeah, you know, sometimes, You know, the thing about Lamar Odom, though, I mean, you got to want help. And, I mean, it's gotten to the point now where, I mean, sometimes people ask for help and they don't they don't know how to ask. And maybe this is a, you know, people need to start kind of recognizing before this man takes himself out. I mean, yeah. the bottom line of it is he needs some help. And he's asking for it, but he's not asking for it directly. He's asking for it indirectly. And this is, you know, this is a point in time where somebody needs to step up and say, you know what, let's get this man under our, under his, you know, under our wing, and let's, you know, let's get this, you know, let me get this guy right. You know, maybe coming back it's to LA be too late. the best thing to do. It's gonna be too late. They don't straighten yeah. him out. You know, so he need to go somewhere like Milwaukee or some shit like that, where you know, and get out of the. You know the big cities, and you know don't yeah. go to the you know don't go to the Knicks or some shit like that. Go to the Milwaukee Bucks or. Nah, you know, he can't play anymore. No I send him to Billings, Montana, to a rehab or something. Billings, Montana. <laughs> you can go yeah. somewhere, but in any event, on a serious tip, you know somebody need to take him on his wing and get him straight. I mean, this would be mm-hmm. one of them. You know this. You know you could get uh, what's his name from the NFL. Um, I can see his face. Can't call his name. Um, Tony Dungy. You. Tony Dungeon need to, you know, maybe, you know, go go out there and kind of reach out to him and maybe kind of straighten him out because, I mean, he's going down a path that he may not ever recover from. I mean, I'm with Ray at this point. He needs to be punched in the head or something. But I hope dude gets well. I really do. I really do. I don't want dude to die with them foolishness, man. It's just stupid. Hey, somebody Tony Dungeon somebody big enough head. He can damage him. Somebody Tony Dungeon head, but he's have that big-ass head. Tony Dungeon ain't got no weight to headbutt anybody. That joke will have to have a wind behind him. Uh, His head weighs about 800 pounds as big as it is. All right. The game that surprised me pretty, you know, is, man, the Cleveland Browns moving to two and three, getting over on the Baltimore Ravens, 33-30, overtime win in Baltimore. And, um, I mean, DR, I know you're an AFC North guy, man. Is Baltimore done? I mean, because I'm just not seeing anything out of them this year, man. I just, I mean, Justin Forsett is doing well. Flacco is not doing horrible, but their defense without Terrell Suggs seems lost. Yeah, yeah, it does, man. It it seems bad. I, I think it's not just Suggs. It's also not a Haloli Nada's gone. And yeah, you know, I think that makes a big difference right there uh, in opening up the gap there in the middle. Uh, and they're not getting enough pressure. It's kind of like Pittsburgh. We're just now getting to the point again to where we're getting a little pressure on the, the quarterback because we, we really put a lot of pressure on uh, Rivers last night. And I, I haven't seen that from us in a while. You know, mm-hmm. consistent pressure, consistent. And uh, that's something that the Ravens have lost. And then you also got to look at, their defensive backfield is, is plemish. It's, it's gone. I mean, the guys there, can you name a guy that's in the defensive backfield there? <laughs> nope. Er, you know. uh, er, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, their whole team is, is the 
linebackers are gone. You know, you get, they lost Ray Lewis two years ago. You know, so it's it's really a, a situation that Suggs is out. That's the only significant person. And he's old, but he's still well, good. And Elvis you know, Dummerville is still pretty good. And they they got CJ and Mosley. But Courtney see, Dumerville, Dumerville's not really as effective as he could be without Suggs and Nada. I mean, Nada really, Haloti Nada really, really was a big blow to them. I don't understand that. I'm, I guess because he was older and they needed to get yeah. picks or something. You know, I don't know. But that they didn't replace that him. Hurt. I know that. Yeah, well, you, that, that it's hurt. hard to oh, it's oh, hard oh, to replace oh, a run staffer like that. And when you you lose somebody like that, and you, I mean. We ran all through them jokers. I mean, I know we lost because, you know, we missed two kicks and all that kind of stuff. But the bottom line of it is, that was the first 100-yard rushing game we've had against the Ravens in 16 games. So, I mean, bottom line of it is is that, um, you know, when you lose a, a talent like Haloni Nada and plus the linebackers they lost, I think they lost one or two of their linebackers, one of them to Atlanta, I can't remember where the other one went, and Terrell Suggs. I mean, your defense is suspect. Not only to mention, they have nobody to throw on offense either. You, I mean, the last two years they've lost Bolden and Torrey, uh, Torrey Smith, both of them in San Francisco. Where the hell is he going to throw to other than the tight end and, and maybe a check down out of Steve the backfield? Steve Smith's hurt. You know, yeah, Steve Smith hurt because we broke his rib. Bottom line of it is there's nobody for him to throw to, and if you stop the run, you stop them. And Flacco, granted, he's got a Super Bowl ring. He's not as good as you thought he was. So, bottom line of it is this. The Ravens are done. I, I kind of predicted this at the beginning of the season. I didn't think they were going to do shit anyway. So, they're in trouble. They're in real trouble. Man, anytime you let Josh McCown throw for 457 yards on you and some tight end named Gary Barnage get 139 yards receiving, then, uh, yeah, you're definitely – in trouble. So they're sitting at one and four right now. And luckily they get a reprieve as they go out to San Francisco. But that may not be a guarantee the way they've been playing. So all right. Packers twenty four to Rams ten. For those of you who didn't see this game, the Rams gave the Packers all they can handle. I told y'all they were gonna play them kind of tough. Um Ty Gurley did a good job, hundred and fifty nine yards rushing. Uh, Nick Foles did a poor job with 11 of 30 passing, 141 yards, and four interceptions. Count them, four interceptions. Uh, Aaron Rodgers threw his first interception at Lambeau Field in 600-something throws, yada, yada, yada. The commentators like that. I don't really care about all that stuff. I'm just about the, the, the first one he threw. Yeah, he threw two total, but he yeah. threw the first one and whatever the record was since, like, 2012 or Since something. 2012. Yeah, whoop de do, But, uh, no, that's an accomplishment. It is. But I just got tired of hearing it. Um, but, you know, he didn't have to do much. But, you know, they got the W. And um, they didn't do it on the ground. They kind of spread the ball out through the air. But St. Louis kept giving them a short field all those turnovers. So they kind of imploded. But St. Louis is for real. I mean, they're 2-3, and three, but they're a tough team. And you really don't want to see St. Louis right about now. To go on the road and play as tough as they did and that game against Cleveland in a couple of weeks ought to be pretty interesting. Two two and three teams going at each other both needing a victory. Uh two upstart teams. So Ray Philly um got over on the Saints thirty nine seventeen. This game was close at the half. It seemed like Philly was still sputtering. 
And then the Saints just started giving the ball away, man, and Philly just ran off with it. Um, now people are talking about Sean Payton to the Dolphins, dude. I mean, is Sean Payton ready to go in New Orleans? Has, has he run his course? Uh, Yeah, I think he did all he could do in New Orleans. I mean, you know, I think he's a bit overrated anyway. You know, I know the Cowboys were thinking about getting him a couple of years ago and a couple of other teams. And I really do think the Dolphins are going to send some draft picks New Orleans away in mm-hmm. order to get Sean Payton. But all these guys are making all this big money and stuff. They're making excuses and blaming coaches and the dollar for suing all these guys. At the end of the day, you got all that money, and you guys are not getting results. Now, you can blame anybody you want, but when you're an athlete and you're on the field, you control your own destiny. And, you know, well, bring this coach in. Now it's the defensive coordinator and this is this. Okay, well, they get everything you want, including the contract. They bring in Sean Payton and whoever else you think the coach is, and if they don't turn around the way it's supposed to, what does that say about the players? You know, and that's what I think is going to happen with the Dolphins. But I do believe Sean Payton is going to end up with the Dolphins. Okay, that'll be a good landing spot for them, I guess. They'll both be happy probably behind that. Um, well, the good news is that DeMarco Murray had 20 carries and got 83 yards and a touchdown. So um, he has a grand total this year after, what, four games of 130 yards and two touchdowns. <laughs> so there you go, DeMarco Murray. Earn that money they gave you. Um, in his first two games last year, he had – 285 yards. So um, he did more in two games last year than he's done in four this year. But maybe Philly is learning what to do with him, and that can help out that 2.7 yards per carry he's working with right now. But, all right, Tampa Bay 38, Jacksonville 31. Kind of an exciting game if you happen to catch a little bit of it. Um, Jameis Winston, 13 of 19, 209 yards and a touchdown. I thought he played well. Blake Bortles played well, but um, he did have an interception. He threw four touchdowns, 303 yards. He did have an interception. And this kid, Alan Hearns, is lighting it up for the um, Jaguars in receiving. Five catches, 116 yards. So you all pay attention, especially if you're fantasy players out there. You might be a week late. Pay attention to Alan Hearns because he, And Alan yeah, Robinson, too. Allen Robinson, yeah, he's been playing well, too. Um, Allen Hearns is second week in a row of 116 yards and a touchdown. Uh, so the dude is, is really producing. And um, Allen Robinson, seven catches, 72 yards, two touchdowns. So um, Hearns is uh, from the U. So he's a wide receiver from the U. Allen Robinson is from Penn State. Uh, keep an eye on those guys. And T.J. Yeldon, is, he didn't do all that well. Um, Sunday, but he's ran the ball pretty well in spots, and he's pretty good receiving out the backfield. So Now, Doug Martin, I don't know where he came from, 24 carries, 123 yards, and two touchdowns. Also had a receiving touchdown. Uh, So he was the difference in the game. So if Doug Martin can produce like that, that's going to make things a lot easier on Jameis Winston, 
who to me, fellas, is not getting anything out of Mike Evans and Vincent Jackson, in my opinion. Uh, mainly Vincent Jackson, who was way overpaid, I think. Um, and he's down there stealing money. But, I mean, Mike Evans has had one 100-yard <laughs> game today. And Vincent Jackson, man, I mean, since he left uh, San Diego, I mean, this is the guy, he was in San Diego, you know, he was doing pretty well. Now, don't get me wrong, when he first got to Tampa, um, I don't know if he was on the contract. And, I mean, that might have been his first contract year. You know, 1,300 yards and eight touchdowns. But since then, he's kind of declined. And he's just a non-factor to me right now. Um, so I, I think that um, they need to step it up a bit if James Winston is going to reach his potential. But I think James is having a typical rookie – Two rookie, typical rookie quarterback year, and um, I don't think he's doing that bad at all, man. Considering who he's playing for and what he's being asked to do. Two areas you just don't you draft you don't take free agents from Jacksonville and San Diego. You do not take players from those two teams. <laughs> not even fantasy. I'm just telling uh-huh. you because cause they will they will end up fucking. You I don't know, dog. On um, what's his name? <laughs> What's my boy, um, the receiver in um, San Diego? Um, yeah, I know his name. Number 13. Keenan Allen? Oh, yeah, he's balling. He's balling. Antonio, yeah, he's balling. Nice. I get that, but I'm saying once they leave there, oh, don't, I mean, don't pick leave. them up as free agents. Yeah. I don't pick them up as free agents. Leave them alone. <laughs> I ain't say they play. They play when they there. Don't take them <laughs> when they leave there. Oh, okay. I got you. All right. So let's see. Um, Chicago eighteen, Kansas City seventeen. Chicago's won two in a row. Bad loss for the Chiefs. They're one and four now, and really starting to fall behind in that AFC West. Chicago came on strong, fifteen points in the second half to win this game. Uh, Ray J. Cutler didn't look bad. Twenty six of forty five. Not a high percentage, but. Most importantly, he had um, no interceptions. He did fumble a ball, but he had no interceptions. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see none of that game, but, um, you know. It was a hard game Cutler, to watch. Yeah. I mean, Jay Cutler is a quarterback that he, if he comes up a little bit, you know he's going to come crashing down. He's had more lives than he has. <laughs> But it, it's, it's um, you know, I had no faith in in in, in Jay Cutler. You know, he gets lucky here and there. But I think either way, next year he's gonna be out of uh, Chicago. Chicago. He better when be. They, when they only like, guaranteed money out, uh-huh. then that's gonna that's gonna be it for him. You know, man. You think Vincent Jackson's feeling, man, <laughs> Jay Cutler, and, you know, he got the truck backed up. You know. <laughs> Jay Cutler's well, the Eric Dampier in the NFL. I mean, think about this, fellas. I mean, you know, we don't own no sports team, and we don't have the millions and millions of dollars and all that, but... What guy in their right mind would give Jay Cutler that kind of money? What guy in their right know. mind? I don't know. I, I, I don't know where I would have been. 
You know, he's an 11 to $12 million a year quarterback. You know, that's one thing I say. I like Sanchez. Hey. Sanchez knows his position. He didn't say, well, I want to be a star and I'm going this team, that team. They put, what, $8 million out there, whatever. He said, hey, I stay here in Philadelphia. Be uh, the and let that be that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's like, like you ain't going to ask for nothing. They're going to take what you, you get. If you ask me, I don't think out of the 32 starting NFL players, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find um, quarterbacks. You'd be hard-pressed to find, what, eight who probably worked their contract in some kind of way? Um, and some of them you're paying, you're paying for what they did in the past. Some of them you're paying mm-hmm. for potential. Like Aaron Rodgers, you're paying for the past and for now and the future. He's in the like, prime. So Aaron Rodgers, I get mm-hmm. that. Brady, you're paying him for – mainly for what he did in the past, but he's still getting it done now. Peyton Manning, you'll be paying him based on his past. And right now, Peyton Manning ain't no better than Tyrod Taylor. But uh, <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> when you look at some of these guys, you know, Big Ben is doing his thing when he's out there. Um, as much as I like Romo, I mean, I, I don't agree with the money that he's getting compared to the other quarterbacks. Um uh-huh. Best quarterback down Colin, Colin Kaepernick definitely shouldn't be getting the money that he's getting. Um, even though he's been to a Super Bowl, I get that. I'm not saying you don't reward him for that, but not with the contract that he has. Because now you're you're stuck with him for right now, unless you really want to eat. And um, and the way Chicago's going right now, they're gonna be paying Jared Allen and Jay Cutler in 2018. He's gonna have a contract longer than Keith Van Horn had with the New York Jersey Nets. I think the business are still paying Keith Van Horn and uh, and the Knicks are still paying out in Houston. Uh uh-uh, uh, look, Steve Young is going to get paid for the rest of his life from the USFL, the Generals, where he played a million dollars every year. What kind yes, of contract they have with him? I don't know, but look it up, no, man. I saw this he, stuff he on Facebook. Man, he got them real good. He got them real good. If and then uh, Bobby Benilla. Yeah, and then Bobby Benilla's yeah. still getting paid from the Mets. I think he gets his for the rest of his life. I heard about that. Yep. And um, I mean, it, okay, it, it, I, just, it, it, I just googled it. It, it says Steve Young uh, has a forty-three-year, forty-million-dollar USFL contract. So yeah, he's sixty. He's sixty something now, oh, right? Forty? No, he's not that old. How old is he? Fifty, maybe. He might be 50, 50 or 50, 51, something like that. He'll be down there ninety something when it's, oh, when it's oh, over. Oh, Forty years. Forty uh, years. Yeah, Steve Young is fifty. Yeah, he's fifty-four. He was that old. But yeah, it says Steve yeah. and signed a contract in nineteen eighty-four. Oh, no, 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 no. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, let's see. I don't know if it's a, still a valid contract. Cause it is. I've I seen a, yeah, a thing on because it. Because if the league is, is no longer, it don't matter. They had a special on this. It wasn't a special. They was just talking about Steve Young. I saw this. And they're still this dude's still paying this man, the the owner. That this is the contract that they had 
and it go. It, I mean, it's still bad. Look at, keep looking. It'll, it'll, it should bring up some recent stuff because they had some kind of special. I don't know what it was, and they was talking about Bobby Vanilla getting paid to it, but from the Mets, I was like, wow, man, they really held these guys hostage. Is it just me or does uh, Colin Kaepernick look like a damn terrorist now? <laughs> I'm sorry, calling Colin Kaepernick. He does look like somebody. He does look like somebody from home, man. He, he does look like being like lied, don't he? Yeah, he looks like, like a little like, young being lied. <laughs> yeah, he does. I need that. I need that. The AK-47 <laughs> and a towel on his head, <laughs> <laughs> and he'll be right. I have to look at shoot right. his ass. Look, they'll shoot his ass. Right, I, don't know, I don't know if it's still valid or not, but I, I bet he won't something. pass through Homeland Security at the, at the damn airport, <laughs> TSA. They'd be getting his ass. Boy, what you doing with that damn do. gun? I ain't got no gun. I ain't got no gun. <laughs> yes, you do. Come over here. We got to, we got to check you out, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it, it uh, says yeah. here in his other website, according to Sports Illustrated, that he's supposed to get paid until he's 65, until the year 2027. Oh, I don't know. That's, that's a stupid contract because they said something about the owner <clears throat> made the yep. deal and yep. through some type of insurance or something. And they say it was the yep. dumbest contract ever made in sports. I might have to do some more research on that. That's stupid. He probably did just so he would get that. The dumbest ass contract ever. Yeah. <laughs> Because oh, ain't nobody I mean, else going to do no, nothing like that. <laughs> Shit. I, I got to mention, um, we're talking about Kansas City, man. Jamal Charles is out again, man. This dude, yeah. when I saw a player on the field, I couldn't tell what number he was. But I was like, man, I hope this is not Jamal Charles. Not because I just have him on one of my fantasy teams, but I just don't want the dude to get hurt. And the commentators yeah. didn't mention his name, so I figured maybe it was someone else. But when they came back from commercial break, and I saw them helping that dude out the field because I, I was like, oh, man. I said, this dude out again. And, uh, yeah. I mean, I think Kansas City, what little hope they had left, given that like 60% of their offense goes through this dude, uh, that really hurts them, man. So, I, I don't yeah. know what to say about them. I feel bad for him. And, uh, you know, to know that he's out again. This is a guy – that's, you know, going to finish with Hall of Fame numbers, but I swear it makes you wonder what he could have done had he stayed healthy. Well, so, Chiefs yeah. got to start looking at – they got to start looking guy, at, he, maybe looking at – they need to look at the white beater now and get him over there because they got to have somebody <laughs> that can run the football. <laughs> Ray Rice. But, uh, I mean, if you look at – right time. If you, if you look at Jamal Charles um, – this is a guy that he's played in the league, um, what is this? He's played like eight seasons in the league, and he has 7,200 yards and 42 touchdowns. Uh, what? <laughs> y'all cracking up. <laughs> Imagine if this guy, he's only played like 15, he's never played a full 16 games. He's only played in double digits four seasons. You know, so it makes you wonder what this guy could have done. I mean, when he played 15 games in 2012, this, when he started 15 games, he was 1,500 yards rushing. So, <laughs> 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 well, maybe that Kansas City may not be a good place for him because, I mean, you got wife beaters and 
situation, and uh, you know, you got people to shoot themselves in the head. Maybe you should go to damn Kansas City. <laughs> uh, oh man, you might not have a damn choice. <laughs> <laughs>
but we need somebody else to go behind that. Roy Lewis kind of a versatile back that can do everything, but, you know, what we need to do before a guy gets hot, you know, give up a third-round pick or something and bring a guy like Devontae Freeman in there, and now we off and rolling. But, you know, I, I don't, I'm still not convinced McKenzie knows what he's doing. Yeah, he got lucky in the first rounds, but I had to screw up our second round picks and stuff like that. And yeah. I don't think he get enough focus on that. Okay. Well, one thing somebody who is focused is Charles Woodson, man. He picked up two more interceptions to move to number six all time, tied with Ed Reed with 64 interceptions, man. This guy, I don't think he's going to be able to catch Paul Krause at 81, but I do think he has a chance to catch uh, Ken Riley, who's number five all the time with 65. Um, he's only yeah. four away from Night Train Lane. So That's this dude, man. Throwing the ball any kind of way, underhand, sideways, <laughs> you know, that's all that is. Well, 65 should be should really be the standard. You know, now you got to control the ball down to the ground, make sure you got yeah. all 10 toes down and all that bullshit. You look at the old film, that guy dropped the damn football every time, and they gave it to him. You know, now mm-hmm. you got to be a hell of a, a, a player to make a play on the football. Then when you played your whole career, they don't want to put you in the whole thing. That's terrible. Yeah. I think really, man, be- I think – Fifty is a magic number. I think you hit fifty, man. Interceptions. I feel like you are. You almost should be a Hall of Fame, almost by the fuck. Now I know maybe thirty-five people have done it, but when you think about some guys who are not in the Hall of Fame that have fifty, like Deron Cherry, used to play with Kansas City. You know, Terrell Buckley, um, Asante Samuel. Well, he still has some years to go. Uh, Donnie Shell is not in the Hall of Fame with the Steelers. Um, Let's see. Champ Bailey, well, he has some years to go, too. Um, yeah, it is. Eric Allen has 54 interceptions. He's not a Hall, Hall of Famer. Uh, one of my favorite players growing up as a, um, as a kid, Everson Walls, has 57 interceptions. Yeah. Led, the, led the league two or three times, I think, in interceptions. He still, yeah, three times. He holds the rookie records for most interceptions as a rookie with 11. And he's not in the Hall of Fame. So you got quite a few, even some people who are in the 60s. Um, a guy named Dave Brown. I don't even remember Dave Brown. It looked like he played for the Seahawks for most of his career. This dude has 62 interceptions. And maybe because I never heard of him, but I mean, dog, oh, you have 62 interceptions. You did something right. You'd be in the Hall. So, I mean, those are guys, like, I would rather someone named Dave Brown get in where I can look at his numbers and say, well, he did have 62 interceptions. Then to hear some of these other guys, it was like, okay, why is he getting in again? You know, Johnny, uh, Joe Namath or something. But uh, I, Rob Wilson's a lock, man. I think that dude's going to walk. He's going to finish his career with a Heisman Trophy, college championship, Super Bowl ring, and a Hall of Fame. And uh, that dude's just a premier athlete. And I think him and Peyton Manning should hang it up together. Um, yeah. That's why I heard someone mention the other day. Be All right. Um, and I said Rod Wilson, I think. Charles Wilson. All right. Charles um, Wilson. The Patriots beat Dallas 30-6. to six, And I, I'll be honest with you, 
It's not like I thought Dallas was going to win this game, but come on, six points. I did expect more than that. Uh, this game was boring to watch. Um, it, it was funny. At, it was exciting at first because Greg Hardy, man, when they say release the Kraken, man, he jumped all on Brady and tried to make the Pro Bowl in the first quarter. Um, yeah, he, did. he He was putting Brady down, and Dallas overall did a good job in the first half. I mean, they had five sacks. Greg Hardy had two of those. Um, and so I thought they played well on defense for the most part, but, you know, over time, Belichick is going to pick you apart. And anytime Brandon Whedon doesn't throw any further than the line of scrimmage, you're not going to win too many games. This dude, man, yeah. it's like, come on, dude. Can you throw the ball downfield at all? You know. So um, Darren McFadden had nine catches. When your running back is being targeted ten times, you're not you're not getting the ball downfield. So Matt Castle is going to take over for him after the bye week. I really don't know what to expect out of that. I just hope Matt is okay with going downfield a little more. But Tom Brady did his thing, man. Twenty of twenty-seven, two seventy-five, and two touchdowns. LeGarrette Blunt added seventy-four yards rushing on thirteen carries, and the Patriots are just a well-oiled machine right now. Moving on at four and zero. And they'll move on to play Indianapolis next week, which um, I wonder what they're gonna take if they're gonna really take it out on Indianapolis because they're the one that ratted on the Flate Gate. So that's gonna be interesting to see if they're gonna try to drop a fifty burger on the Colts because I think they probably gonna end up whooping the sleeves off the Colts. But Dallas, I mean, man, they gotta find some way to win when they come back from the bye week. They gotta play the Giants. And uh, when I was going through the schedule at the beginning of the year, I had the Giants winning that game because I thought the Cowboys and Giants were split. And the Giants, um, I mean, they go to two and four. They're just in trouble. But, all right, Arizona 42 and the Lions 17. Arizona's still rolling. They picked up Dwight Franey, by the way. So that gives them a little pass rush if he has anything left, any more twirls left in his system. But, uh, man, Detroit is 0-5, and DR, they're starting to look like that 0-16 Detroit team from a year ago. They benched Matthew Stafford and brought in Dan Olofsky, a guy that doesn't even know how to not run out of the back of the end zone to avoid a safety when he's looking downfield to pass. Man, I don't know what they do at this point. He's got problems. I think another one of their problems is, they are missing their uh, defense, man. Uh, Sue, I think that's that's hurt them a lot. Uh, you know, teams are just able to do what they need to do against them. Uh, and then offensive wise, I don't. I think they're having trouble with the run game. Uh, trouble? They're not running. Yeah, I know. They're they're in they're in big trouble there. There's another team that that may want to call the wife beater. They, you know. Because they need something, they need a spark. They haven't, they don't have a player that's just coming about and, and trying to take over and and lead. It just seems like everybody's just going through the motions. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, it, it could be the coach. I, I don't know. It's, okay, I know it could them. be. I know Caldwell is like he's the Black Wade Phillips. He don't know what's going on. Um, yeah. And yeah, no, no one can give you a spark like a white beater on a team. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> but, y'all need to leave that man alone. Y'all got me cutting up. Uh, but, I mean, this dude, I don't know who Zach Zenner is. 
They have a running back named Zach Zinner, who's undrafted out of South Dakota State. And maybe he played because the game was out of hand. But, I mean, he had 10 carries, and Amir Abdullah had six carries. So maybe, like I said, because the game was out of hand, that's why they brought him in. But, I mean, Amir Abdullah getting six carries is not going to help you win any games. Now, here you are, you're 0-5, and the most times Amir Abdullah's touched the ball is 13 times in a game. All right, 13 times in a game, the most time he's touched the ball. This is the guy that took his first carry, like 24 yards for a touchdown. And I think you got to give your, your, you know, second-round pick an opportunity to be the guy and establish something because they're killing Stafford. And he's throwing that ball away. Stafford, like, y'all ain't going to whoop me back yet. I'll give you this ball. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah. so he he's not playing well, which means Calvin Johnson's not playing well, which means they look like the 0-16 Detroit Lions, and that's a shame, man, because coming off of what happened to them last year, man, you thought they would have been a little rejuvenated, but, man, I get rid of Caldwell. I fired him like yesterday. So Yeah. No doubt. All right. The Giants got over on the forty nine ers thirty to twenty seven. Um a Sunday night football, a game that actually kept my interest in the second half. And Buck, it looked like the the forty nines were able to pull it off, man, but their defense just let them down on that last drive and man, Eli took them down the field like he was a nineteen eighty six John Elway. Yeah, I mean, they just marched down the field and just took over. I mean, the Giants, you know, they were inspired. Some inspired them. Something got a, you know, something crawled up in their ass, and they started doing the damn thing. So, um, Eli, Eli's one of those, you know, he's one of the four quarterbacks that have a lot of comebacks in the fourth quarter. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you knew eventually, you know, Eli was going to kind of show up. And, you know, the receivers got to do their job. Um, you got to, you know, they had a little talk with Odell Beckham last week because he was pouting on the sidelines, you know, throwing punches at the defensive backs and shit like a little child. And, uh, you know, he has to realize Odell Beckham, he's he's a great talent, but he also has to realize and understand you're going to get double teamed every week. You know, you can make all the dynamic catches you want, but you're going to be double teamed. And you can't, you know, you can't, you know, act like a little damn teenager when you don't get, when you don't get open or you miss a catch. So you you got to be a man. You got to be pros because you get your ass whooped out there in that football field if you don't. So, um, I think the talk worked because he seemed like you know he was in you know he was double teamed a little bit, but um, he has to understand when he double teamed the rest of the team. Also, you know the rest of the team has a chance to score. You know, make production. You know, from the receiving standpoint. So, I think those things helped out, and you know it always helps when Eli don't throw interceptions because he's kind of interception prone like his young like his older brother Peyton. So. But he's doing, you know, he's doing a damn thing, and uh, they pulled one out, you know, this they pulled one out this week. I know they'll be glad when Victor Cruz come back, whenever that may be. But uh, for right now, I mean, the Giants, you know, they they kind of right at the ship at a good time. You know, just when you think, you know, it's, you know, everybody was calling for Tom Coughlin's head here a few weeks ago. Now these son bitches are back in the hunt and leading the division. Yeah, so, Victor Cruz is going to drama on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So, but all right, man. Eli threw for 441 yards, three touchdowns. Odell Beckham seven catches, 121 yards, and a touchdown. No folks got scared when he went down and left the game with injury. Uh, Shane Vereen at running back had eight catches for 86 yards and a touchdown, and he was the one that was really killing San Francisco. They were just dumping it mm-hmm. off to him, and he was just getting many yards behind it. 
So, but Colin Kaepernick didn't play poorly. Twenty-three of thirty-five, two sixty-two, two touchdowns, yeah. no interceptions. And Carlos Hyde at ninety-three yards and a touchdown. So, Forty-Nine looked better, but they still came up short. Even Reggie Bush played a little bit. Uh, so we'll see what happens with the Forty-Nine. But the Giants are three and two in first place in the NFC least. All right. Hey, I got a question. I got a question about the Forty-Nine coach. Is he running the fever or something? That motherfucker sweating all the time. His hair dude, always wet. I thought the same thing, man. This dude, like, he got, <laughs> <the> shower. <laughs> he got the shower and came out there and coached. I'm like, damn, man, this motherfucker be sweating. It's 32 degrees outside. Oh, damn, what the hell wrong with damn Tomasula? This motherfucker got I don't know. And but he, he got, got like, the, damn, meningitis or some shit. That motherfucker He got to be the greasiest coach out there, man. That dude, <laughs> that dude, damn. Yeah, I thought the same thing. He needs to eat that pork alone, man. He needs to eat that pork alone, man. That motherfucker sweating his ass off. He look like he rubbing his face in it. He just got a raw pork chop. Just rub his face all in it. (laughs) All right. The Monday night game, the Steelers 24, the Chargers 20. Steelers move to 3-2. and The Chargers fall behind to 2-3. and Out there in uh, Qualcomm Stadium. And Michael Vick gets the W, 13 of 26, 203 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Uh, Le'Veon Bell did his thing, 21 carries, 111 yards, and a touchdown on the critical play of the game. And, Ray, you're, you're a non-Steeler fan, so I got to ask you, what did you think of Mike Tomlin's call to let them go for, not only go for that final run play with five seconds left, but to call the type of play they did with a wildcat getting the shotgun formation. Uh, I, th- I think it was a, a risky move. I think it was stupid, really. But it just worked out. You know, it worked. It worked out. I tell you, it, I would never ever do something like that with Michael Vick on the field. Now, if I had Big Ben or, you know, Tom Brady or some guys known for winning and making things happen, yeah, I would have done that. But last night, you know, he showed showed, showed a lot of heart, showed a lot of determination. Yeah, he and, took some hits. You know, yeah, because had that guy fell to the ground with Le'Veon Bell, his knee would have went down. But you yeah. know, players they don't they don't they great athletes but they don't know how to play football. You know, I was always a guy, I know I understand them guys making millions of dollars and all that, but I was a guy I would never hit a guy in the back and knock him four or five yards. Right. I don't I'm probably like that. Yeah. You know, if anything you grab around the waist and pull him to the ground. But mm-hmm. you got guys that that we love to watch every week doing that constantly. So, I mean, you know, it was a great win for the Steelers. I mean, uh, I thought they was going to wear Bill out last night. They was giving him so many carries and everything. I'm like, you know. Yeah. To me, Michael Vick got to do something. They they won by the skin of their teeth, but he's got to do something because they got some of the best offensive weapons in the league and they wide receivers, and definitely they running back. Bell might be one of the slipperiest guys I ever seen since Barry Sanders. But, 
you know, you got to be able to throw the football if you are a quarterback. Call yourself a quarterback, you know, and you got the best receiver in the game, and a man got to lose his streak because you can't throw the football. You know, what kind of sense does that make? Drew Brees and all them guys that come out the same year as you did, Drew Brees would have hit him so much he had 250 yards. <laughs> you know, I just don't understand it. And Tomlin, you know, your brother, he's trying to give you a chance, and you letting him down. You know, that's just I'll tell you where I'll tell you where Tomlin dropped the ball. And, well, I, first of all, I'm going to ask the two guys, the, the two resident Steeler fans or whatever, uh, did you all notice something that happened during the game last night before the two-minute warning? Yeah, yeah, I noticed. I noticed because they pissed poor clock management because Man. you couldn't. Get, they could have at least had two plays run before the two-minute warning. I was blowing a gasket. No, I'm not even talking about that. Um, when they kicked off to you all with two minutes and fifty-six seconds left, I think, um, and the ball went out of bounds, it was a touchback. They ran the clock for 18 seconds, and no one said anything. When you yeah, all, you all yeah. took a snap, it was 2.38 left. And I was sitting there like, okay, well, I guess they'll fix it, you know, or whatever. I'm pretty sure Tomlin or somebody on the team saw it. No one saw it. No one said anything, man, because I'm like, if they lose this game, I said, man, they're going to have Tomlin's head, not only for that last call, but because 18 mm-hmm. seconds left the clock and nobody noticed on the Steelers' team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, y'all, got, stop the y'all got lucky twice. Yeah, we did. But, uh, I mean, but the bottom line of it is, the thing that I saw. I mean, I don't think something. There is a little bit of the uh, coaching that they need to do. They got to let Mike Vick play to his strength. I mean, a lot those play calls that they were playing last night. They're going by offense now. I know he doesn't know a whole lot of the playbook. But you got to let this man roll out because the minute he rolled out and and that and Whedon did that double move, man, you got to let this man roll out and throw. And that's where his strength is. I mean, and that's just for any quarterback in the league. You got to play to his strength. You got an offensive line that's decent. You got you know Martavius Bryant to be back. He you know they re, they activated him today. So the bottom line of it is you got you know, now you got all your weapons back. Let the man throw the ball downfield. You can't just throw you know, three or four times and do all this damn dink and dunk shit, you know, Michael Vick can hurl the ball downfield. But, you know, it's just a matter of timing. That'll, you know, that's going to work out a little bit more, even though Big Ben worked out today in practice. Um, he, they already talking about he might play this week, which I do not want him to play. But bottom line of it is, is you got to let Mike Vick play to his strength, you know, let him learn a little bit more of the playbook. Don't handcuff him. You know, when they let the dogs loose, you saw what he did. So, no, no ran out there and got 24 yards. No, well, no pun intended. I wasn't even thinking about that, but, uh, you know, now we got a damn bunch of felons <laughs> out there, you know, the potential felons on the football field now with Bryant, Bill, and Vic. But the bottom line of it is, you know, you got to let the guy play the game. And, um, you know, he did a good job. You know, he managed the game well. Um, but, you know, we'll see what he does the coming week. If he, I like the pressure. I like the if, I like the defensive pressure we got. Arizona gonna have some problem with us, man. Cause we we are we are sacking the quarterback, and you know yep. Pittsburgh is back, and I, that's what I'm really really enjoying. It's good to see 
Dupree just nailing nailing the quarterback, man. He he's earning his paycheck, and he's a big ass linebacker, two seventy five and six foot four. So, you know, yeah. he's bringing thunder and lightning. So, Bobby, he's, he's, all, he's a big dude. He's a big dude, and Bobby I think it all depends on on um, Arizona's running game if they can run the ball or not. Because I know Carson Palmer's not one to get hit, but if they can't run the ball, that can be problematic. Um, if Michael Vick plays the way Michael Vick does, he's going to be over there beside Ben Roethlisberger with a boot on his leg, too, because he's going to get hurt if he gets to running. But, um, yeah. DR, how do you feel about, real quick, DR, how do you feel about Antonio Brown? You know, he lost the, the five catch, 550 um, yard streak last week against the Baltimore Ravens at the 35 games. And last night he fell short of five catches um, after 36 games in a row, man. So, how do you feel about that, that he. Messed up his streak, even though he did get the W. I really don't care as long as the Steelers won, man. And I, I'm I'm hoping that's how he feels. I'm sure it is. But, you know, hey, he'll have time to get his thing, do his thing, man, when Big Ben gets back. Yeah, last night he had he finished with three catches for 45 yards. 39 of those came on one, one play. So, uh, yeah, he was only targeted six times. But, um like I said, they got the victory despite San Diego's dominance. Um, with you know, they had ten more first downs. They had 162 more passing yards. Um, they did everything right except they lost the turnover battle, and um, the Steelers were able to run the ball and control the clock and the ball when they had to have it, and they won it. Mike Tomlin did, you know, got over. So props to him on what he did, and Steelers move on at three and two. Couple of things, real quick, before we get cut off. Uh, oh, by the way, Antonio Gates did have his 100 and 101st catch last night. The ninth person to do yeah. that. Um, Steve Spurrier retired in the middle of the season, and I, I mean, you never know if things are health related or not. I mean, the old ball coach is like 70 years old, but if it's not health related, man, I don't, I don't know if I kind of like him retiring at the in the middle of the season like this. I mean, yeah, it does give the team an opportunity to move on a lot sooner. But uh, don't you want to see the coach kind of ride it out to the end? You would you would think so, but, you know, Spurrier may – I mean, at his age, something may be up. I mean, South – you know, the, the, the team is not – you know, it's kind of a little bit in disarray. Um, you know, they're losing some games they really shouldn't be losing. So, um, I'm quite sure Spurrier has his reasons. But, you know, I hate to see him go because I think he's one of the all-time greats in college football. But, you know, if he, maybe he has something going on we don't know about. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. So, interesting to see him go. Steve Sarkeesian got fired after one day after being put on leave. Um, I don't know what that's like as far as firing somebody that has a substance abuse problem. I thought you had to give him a chance to rehab first, but, you know, college is kind of his own thing. So, um, I'm not sure if there's any type of legalities behind that. But uh, Will Greer, the quarterback of Florida, man, they were doing so well. And this fool gets suspended for performance-enhancing drugs. Now, Ray, you don't hear much about PEDs in college, but, um, I mean, this dude just screwed up Florida season. Yeah, I mean, it all depends on who his backup is. But, um, you know, he's making an excuse that he took something over the counter and this and that, but he's spending them an entire year. So probably next season he'll come back, you know, in the middle of the season. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, Florida, 
Yeah, Florida is playing excellent. Yeah. You know, they they need the quarterback, so it doesn't look good, though. Because you can go without thought. They got a hell of a defense, so it ain't yeah. impossible. But who they got, LSU, Saturday? Yep, at LSU. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be a dog, dog fight. Do you guys, you guys know Fred Taylor's son plays in Florida, right? No, I wasn't aware. Yeah, the running back, that's his son. I'm going to yeah. check that out then, man. I'm going to pay close attention to that. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. But, uh, yeah, so that's kind of messed up what they got going on there. Um, non-related news, Scarface got arrested after receiving a BET award. Uh, he, he got arrested for non-child support payment right after he accepted his award. That's 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 messed up. No, I want to see in the documentary. Scarface said, "I'm not paying child support for kids that's grown. Y'all locked me up, and he, he been in jail before for child support. So I and guess I, I don't know whether kids are going to college or what they're doing, but he ain't paying that two grand or whatever he got to pay a month. Why are they going to school? Is it though? back child support or?" Well, he I mean, I would assume it's back child support, but his, he, they set his bail at $482,000. So um, I guess yeah, he'll so pay he that. Yeah, he refused to pay it for a long time. Okay. So. And uh, the Chicago Cubs won their first postseason series in quite some time. I don't know how long it's been. I'm not really a baseball fan, but uh, mm-hmm. oops, I hope I didn't ruin it for anybody that had it on DVR. But um, I think it's been more than 80 years since they won a playoff series. 1919, I think. Yeah, so. Some shit like that. So congratulations to all the Cubs fans. I have a cousin who's a big Cubs fan, so I know she's probably celebrating. She was probably at the game. Um, Let's see. I think the Dodgers may have won tonight. Man, the Dodgers disappointed me in the playoffs so much. All right, anything else, fellas? We got like a minute and a half maybe. Before this thing cuts off on us. Uh, well, Joe Logano won the race this week, so he he he, he definitely in the next round. Dale Jr. and Matt Kendrick wrecked, so they're now time looking in. So they got three races left to try to figure out how they can get themselves back in the back in the hunt for the eight. They got to get it together, together fast. All right, Dr. Ray, y'all got anything? Uh, no. Okay. We'll give this a try again tomorrow, fellas, and try to see if we can uh, get into the sports topic a little earlier when we break down the upcoming week. And uh, I want to look at some college games, too, and everything. So, like I said, we'll try to get into it a little bit earlier than we did this tonight. But I appreciate you all joining the Talk to Q radio show. No experts, just opinion. Doing his own coverage. That's how we do. And um, we'll... See you all tomorrow at...